Yeah, I'm planning to predict a W in this one, but you know, you, you've got to think about what happened last year. I want to write it off as a fluke, but still just a little scary for my end. You know, you look at Duquesne, seven and three last year. Haven't had a losing record since 2014. Uh, starting quarterback Darius Perantes is back uh, for his second season as a starter, along with their leading rusher. And they're replacing some talent on defense, but they do have a couple capable pass rushers, guys that recorded four plus – two guys that recorded four plus sacks last season. Logan's born a drink over there. I'm just saying, we got we to gotta show Duquesne respect because obviously Jacksonville State did not get enough respect on this show last year. I predicted a 58 to nothing win. <laughs> So you I'm, really, I'm I'm staying a little cautious this time around. That's all I'm saying. I'm pretty sure it was either 58 or 59 to nothing. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's two different programs. Jacksonville State's got, you know, not I'm gonna say good talent, but good enough talent to where there'll be an actual D1 program next year. No one's saying that about Duquesne. Duquesne has a winning culture. I don't give a damn. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. The great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. This is presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are here on a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday evening. Once again, the last Tuesday we'll be recording from here on out. We'll be going to Wednesday nights. But tonight's a big one. Tonight is a big one. We will be fully previewing the 2022 football season for Florida State and Mike Norvell going into his third season here in Tallahassee. And then at the very end, we will be giving away our record predictions for what is going to be a big time season ahead for the Seminoles. We got a whole crew here too, so you know, you know, it's serious. Then up above with me is our editor in chief, Dustin Lewis, and then down below, he's back after a little bit of a break, but now he's stuck with us for what six more months straight. Austin Vizi, lead basketball writer, down below. Vizi, it's been a minute, baby. Uh, I've missed you. I got to say, I've missed you. It's been hard on here, just stuck with Dustin. If you could imagine what I've been dealing with. I'm surprised you made it through, honestly. I wouldn't want to subject myself to that. I've had a lot of talking time recently, and I'd like to apologize to all the listeners. <laughs> yeah. For all the fans that are still with us and haven't beat their heads in, thank you. Appreciate the support. We've significantly <laughs> dropped in downloads the last couple of weeks. So it's great to have Bottom Square Guy back. Bottom Square Guy, we're here. Not the bottom square guy. No, no, no. But yeah, we're we're here, man. It, it feels good. You know, we wrapped up a practice this morning, but when it comes down to season preview and giving our record predictions, that's when it kind of just finally hits me and says, yeah, 
football season has arrived and now now i'm a little sweaty i, I gotta make sure this record prediction is good because after what happened last year oh, that was a little off but uh some things happened last year that we didn't really expect so hoping that isn't the case this upcoming season so uh, we got a lot on the docket tonight so let's go through all of this to get you guys prepared i highly suggest this is going to be a long podcast or live stream as you guys are watching right now so i Definitely go grab something to eat, drink, sit back and relax. We're going to go through the quick hitters of the week. Uh, we're going to talk out, talk about a running back that is out for the rest of the season. A wide receiver making a little bit of a position change um, like we saw today in practice. We'll talk Jacksonville practices where Dustin and I were in attendance for. We've got second scrimmage notes. Uh, we've got Tuesday's practice from this morning. Then we got some recruiting with some new commits. And then after that, it is full season preview, along with record predictions, offensive player, defensive player of the year, and freshman of the year. So a lot of, a lot of stuff in this one. We got a long one ahead. So as always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button. Make sure you're commenting in the chat tonight. Uh, we got a lot to chat about, so hit the like button, subscribe everywhere. And if you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars if you'd like to. But either way, it's time to get going. Uh, let's jump into mainly the quick hitters that we really haven't been able to cover yet. One of them being center Caden Lyles, uh, Wisconsin transfer offensive lineman at that center position. Mike Bell announcing that he's no longer going to be able to play this upcoming season. A big hit there, definitely, in that center room, but mainly for depth, as it seemed like Maurice Smith was battling out to keep that spot. Really, really rough situation here for Caden Lyles. Mike Bell felt pretty hurt about what happened, as he should. And and Caden Lyles, though, being there in Jacksonville, you know, he's still dressed out, being a part of the team, bearing, being very vocal and communicative, which is a really good sign, but worst thing is you know you don't get Caden Lyles the transfer that you wanted to help bring in depth there at that center position you don't have him for this upcoming season it's a tough loss um obviously Lyles and Marie Smith were the most experienced guys that Florida State has at that position right now so to lose him especially this deep in camp and like you said with his past situation Lyles missed most of the last two years with injuries at Wisconsin coming into Florida State hoping to make an impact and then once again sidelined uh with another injury so you know that really sucks for the kid and it sucks for fsu as well and over the last couple of practices darius washington bryson estes thomas schrader um zane herring those are some of the guys that mike norbell has mentioned are taking snaps at center and they're just gonna keep working a lot of guys to that position moving forward to have capable depth waiting in the wings just in case of injury because you've got 18 scholarship offensive linemen uh why not cross train a few? Yeah, that's a not a not a great hit you want to start off the season going into because as we saw last year, a lot of guys dinged up and you got to try to build depth, which they did during the offseason. And they're going to move some guys continuously, I think, uh, heading into the first part of this season of figuring out who might be able to fit the mold there. Um, you know, Mike Norvell mentioning after the last the first scrimmage and then the second one now that you know there's some young guys that are getting some playing time and and they're trying out some younger guys even we even saw sap in there too uh, you know you could even expect darius to move over to that center position um you've, we've seen schrader we've seen estes too so there's a lot of different uh play players that you can move around it just depends on who you feel as the best maybe college experience at this point and luckily Florida State has been able to do that and the transfer portal bringing guys in that have college experience 
And so uh, you just don't want to have what you had last year, Delu, because it was it was really bad of throwing in some guys that had never played on the college level and putting them in sometimes in positions that had not even played on a field before. And, uh, you know, they've only seen it on film. So a tough, tough loss there for Florida State. But it was something that a little bit older and news wise. But for our podcast listeners, we wanted to give our take on it. So, uh, you know, it's just good to see Caden around the practices, in my opinion. Another hit, and we're just going to go through, I guess, the the bad parts of all this, and maybe we'll go to the good parts. But the bad one, the bad parts continue. We got C.J. Campbell, um, we were told today from Mike Norvell, running back, walk on, that he will no longer be available for the upcoming season due to injury. Uh, this has got to be from the second scrimmage going on there on Saturday night. Some really bad this is a definitely a hit. I mean, it's not a major hit for Florida State and the starting unit and that running back room, but for a guy that has worked his absolute tail off that, you know, you would hope would eventually earn a scholarship, but, you know, also looked really good, had major flashes in the spring, also just continued to do the same and fall, but goes down with a season-ending injury. Really really rough and, and a guy that represents Florida state very well. You just, you just hate hearing that kind of news to start off the, the week of practice this week. Like you said, more bad news and CJ Campbell, a guy that we've talked about, maybe a potential candidate to earn that final scholarship, particularly with the work that he's put in and, you know, maybe taking a path kind of similar to Treshawn Ward, that walk on to scholarship player. So to see him go down like this before the season even starts, before he's even gotten a chance to, record a carry in a regular season game at Florida State definitely sucks to see because this is a guy, scout team player of the year last year, did really well this offseason in the strength and conditioning um, winter workouts. Like you said, Logan had a standout spring, and he's he's had some flashes this fall as well and was going to be involved somewhere in that running back rotation. So it's a loss for Florida State, but luckily that running back, that backfield has a lot of talent in it. So Hopefully they'll be able to replenish the loss at Campbell and we'll talk about a new face in that room in a second. Yeah, we will. But uh, I know I'm wishing him, you know, been able to, you know, conversate a few times with CJ Campbell, wishing him the best. I just hate hearing, hearing that from coach Norvell. And, you know, we kind of felt something was up when we didn't get to see him at practice, but sometimes you hope that's just maybe a little sickness or recovering after a physical uh, scrimmage, but for it to be a season ending injury really, really blows. But Dilo, you know, on the bright side, that, that room still is heavy with a lot of talent and you've got the uprising of, of Rodney Hill. And now we'll talk about a position change here, including Joshua Burrell wide receiver has got some burn over there at running back today. Mike Norvell was able to confirm that, which allows us to spread that to all of you guys here. But uh, I was a little shocked today. You know, we got to go to practice and see him. And that was probably be one of the last wide receivers I would really project to be in that backfield. Yeah, he's not the tallest, so I wouldn't expect a deuce span, and obviously not Johnny Wilson. But for his side, that's a really good size wide receiver at the position he was. And now they're burning him and using him a little bit over at the running back room. He changes number to number 12. I noticed that we saw him and the running back room run into practice today as David Johnson always leads in the rest of that room into practice and said, who is that? And number 12, did Trey Benson go back to number 12? Like he had in the spring, what's going on here. But sure enough, it was Joshua Burrell. We were able to tell that pretty quickly and practice just because he always has that size and Delu, he made some plays today. And to me, it just felt natural, which 
if you go back to Mike Norvell and what he's done best is evaluating running backs and developing them. I mean, if you look at Treshawn Ward earning the scholarship now being, you know, you're one of your top backs, if not the top back going into the season, and then what he's been able to do now <clears throat> with CJ Campbell, yes, injured, but you know, it could, it could play at this level. You know, he can go in and is a great depth piece or can even start for <clears throat> Florida State if need be. I mean, that that's just a great thing that David Johnson and Mike Norvell are able to do and tag team on his developing running backs. But Joshua, Bur- Joshua Burrell looked like a natural, in my opinion, today. One of them being an explosive run, hit the hole at the right time, and it was funny seeing David Johnson take off for 30 yards and Mike Norvell going <laughs> and, and making sure – Mike always wanted to make sure the ball was tucked up, but – uh, broke one open today and had a few, not a few, but had a lot of catches and didn't see many drops, if not any. Yeah, and I believe Coach Tokars and Coach Tucker were right behind Coach Jack and Norvell there. So, you know, really almost half the offensive staff chasing after Burrell after one of those big runs. But it was impressive to see. Uh, as you said, it was a little surprising early in practice, but then you started seeing him work, catching passes out of the backfield. It just came – naturally and then he hit that big run up the middle where he cut through a hole and just hit it for a touchdown and um coming out of high school I didn't think of Joshua Burrell as maybe the fastest guy but today getting a chance to see his straight line speed his straight line speed um was very impressive I was like whoa Burrell actually has some speed to him there so another weapon in that uh backfield another guy who can kind of switch between wide receiver and running back kind of reminds me of – they're not similar body types, but as Norvell has said, they've kind of done a similar thing with Ja'Kai Douglas throughout the fall. He, he's repped a little bit at receiver. He's repped a little bit at running back. They're going to do the same thing with Burrell now. And you look at his size, six two, 217 pounds per Seminoles.com. There's not another running back on the roster that matches up with him except for Trey Benson, who's six one. 215 so you get another big guy a guy with speed though and Burrell so it was a good first day kind of I want to see how it goes from here over, over the next couple preseason practices leading up to game week yeah exactly you know it's the first day you usually get those first flashes a little bit and then it's a newcomer on the block and Jordan Travis said it straight up to us you know look good Look good, but still his first day. And Norvell said, you know, still understanding the system, the playbook and everything. And that's really understandable. But, you know, as Trey on here on Facebook says, and this is a nice little comparison to at least at the body size, how Antonio Gibson was for Mike Norvell <clears throat> over there at Memphis, obviously a successful quarterback now in the, in, in the league. But uh, Gibson, as a guy of that size and powerfulness, and I did not see Burrell. I, I haven't seen – I guess you see route running from him his speed and catching and taking it, but he does have a burst to him whenever he's in the backfield there. And whenever he hit that hole today, I looked at you and I said, is that, is that Joshua Burrell right there? And uh, sure enough was, that was really impressive. So we'll keep an eye on him and how he develops and understands that, that running back room more. Um, as we know, you know, Mike Norvell will shuffle around a lot of running backs through not only the season, but through games. So, be exciting to see Joshua Burrell back there continue to grow and we'll see how much he's utilized and what kind of packages Mike Norvell and coach Atkins want to put him in this upcoming season. Yeah, And like, like you said, there was a couple of times where he made a big play and we just kind of looked over at each other. Like, <laughs> man, Burrell is, he's killing it today. And then um, he looked after- really, sorry. I was going to say he looked really good as a pass catcher, man, out of the backfield. Like yeah. he looked smooth. 
couple huge plays out of the backfield where there was just no one around him. But after practice, I, I found it kind of interesting. We've, we've been talking about how natural Burrell looked kind of at running back today. Norvell said that he didn't really play much running back um, in high school whenever they were scouting him. Just a guy that they really believe they can plug and play in that position. Norvell said with his size, speed, he's got great feet. He's really been coming on at receiver. I like the things that we've seen from him, and we'll still have a mix of that as we're going. We want to make sure that we have all plans covered. I thought he did a really good job today. So, yeah, as I said, want to see where it progresses from here for Burrell in a really talented running back room. Norvell said today, Logan, if I'm correct, I, was do- I wasn't I was down there at the press conference, but I was doing my research afterwards. He said that Lawrence Toafili has probably been the most improved player throughout fall camp, and that's a big comment when you think about the guys he's competing with and Trey Benson and Treshawn Ward, who have also been excellent in their own right. I'll tell you what, that comment today, and we're going to start shuffling around a lot of practices here going from Jacksonville yeah. and such, but Lawrence Toafili, I mean, we can, I'm going to transition this just beautifully, just beautifully, but Lawrence Toafili in Jacksonville, I thought was the best back along with Rodney Hill during those days. I mean, Lawrence had a really good spring and I, and I tried to talk about that, but I think it was overlooked by Trey Benson and that's understandable. Yes. That's a newcomer on the block. High guy, the guy that was injured. Now he's looking good. So everybody talked about him, but Lawrence Toafili looked really Really nice. We know he's a pass catcher, but he looked good in goal line. He's good in red zone. I mean, you know, we just don't talk about him as much. He's just not on the, one of those names at the top right now as the newcomer or a transfer or a freshman. You know, Lawrence has looked good. And just like you said, D. Lou, today, Mike Norvell, just out of nowhere, nobody asked him. You know, he whenever Norvell does that, he, he's really put it out there and he wants people to know this. Lawrence Tofilly has impressed him the most. He thinks he's the most improved player and fall camp. And that's saying something Lauren, you're going to see a lot of Lawrence to affiliate this upcoming season, put on some size, but it kind of gets to the point now. And I think Florida state's fan base is understanding this. We've gotten to where we no longer need to worry about the weight and all the situations <laughs> there with Lawrence. Does he need another 15, 20 pounds? It's over. You know, the staff likes where he's at. David Johnson likes where he's at, and they're going to use him as a Swiss army knife. And, Lawrence has had a really good fall camp, which I'm excited for. Uh, he, he's earned it. And in Jacksonville, he looked really good. One of the names that I brought here on the document started off the practice on Thursday morning, jumping over on the outside run, taking it for six. And I think a few players later, it went to the same side and scored again. He looked good. And then one of your guys that you covered his recruitment really tight. Y'all, had a, y'all still have a great relationship. But Rodney Hill, um, true freshman running back, absolutely broke out in Jacksonville and Duval, a really, really nice couple of that was on Friday, right? Yeah. I mean, Friday was the day where I think three or maybe four times he just sprinted all the way to the end zone by himself and just started screaming. Um, He was, he was having a lot of fun out there. Yeah. And the the funny thing was you had James Coleman over there. One of our friends, James Coleman, absolutely fired up about the run, just yelling. And he also had a whole group of other former Noles. He had Lonnie Pryor, and the house too. You had Janikowski over there too. Corey Simon, a good boatload of Knowles so in attendance. Yeah, right there in that corner too. So Rodney Hill, very you could you can kind of see that when those true freshmen. He's he was he's rather quiet, just kind of the same way with Armella. But you know you kind of reach that point to where man, I'm starting to get in a groove here and understand the system, understand the play calls. And I felt like that's when Rodney got it there because, I mean, that guy hit the hit the hole at the perfect time. I think he had a play before that too, but this one he took it for six and he was absolutely fired up the whole offensive uh, 
offensive side of the field went in to celebrate with them. The best, one of the best plays, if not the best play of, of that Jacksonville trip, D'Lou. Yeah, he he was on it um, during that practice. There was a couple filthy just cutbacks. The the hole closed up. He cut back to the the weak side of the defense and just took it for either a touchdown or a big gain a couple times. But then you know going back over to Toa Philly, I really like what you said earlier, Swiss Army knife, because we saw it last year. Um, I think I said it a couple weeks ago, but he's the only guy in Florida. It was either one of five or the only guy in Florida State history that has scored both a 70-yard um, receiving touchdown and a 70-yard rushing touchdown um, in the same season at Florida State. So that's a it just shows that he can make plays in the running game, catching the ball to the backfield, and now we're seeing that he's getting some work at the goal line. This is a guy that we're going to see a lot. Yeah, Mike Norvell really likes what he's seen from Lawrence to Philly. Those two having a really good couple of days of practice over there in Jacksonville. A few more names to that jump out to me is Johnny Wilson and Sam McCall. I thought Sam McCall had a really good couple of days that are coming away with an interception or two. And then Johnny Wilson being Johnny Wilson. I mean, kind of gets to the point where we're repeatedly, repeatedly talking about him. Just coming down with one-on-one balls there in the end zone, you know, it's a quarterback's favorite. He's a quarterback's favorite right now just because of range you can utilize him with. But Johnny Wilson is someone that I thought very highly of in the spring. Didn't like what I saw with the inconsistencies with the drops in the spring game. I'm hoping that's fixed, man, because he's been in your top five, top probably top three of just a guy that puts on highlights and practices. Can it translate over to the football field? But just primarily sticking to that practice, he put on a show for a lot of those former Knowles and I, I talked to a few of them afterwards. And yeah, they're, they're like what they see out of number 14. Well, I mean, how do you guard them? Especially when you get down there around the goal line where, you know, everyone saw the clip on uh, Twitter that's going around of him making that catch in the back corner of the end zone balls up high where only he can touch it. I think maybe Jerry and Jones was on him, And I mean, Jerry not a small defensive back and he was up in the air, but, there's no way you can compete with six foot seven at its highest peak, at its highest peak, um, especially when Jordan's putting the ball in a really good spot, which he did on that throw and a couple other times throughout that day. Um, but Johnny Wilson, when he's catching the ball and he's had more good days than bad throughout preseason camp, especially recently for Florida State, he's a weapon. And as you said, Logan, at this point, it's can it translate over to a game because we've seen it a lot in practice. We've seen these big plays even outside of the red zone. He's just been making a lot of uh, plays deep down the field. DBs cannot cannot uh, stay up in the air with that guy. He's a mismatch and carried over to a game. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Carried over to a football game, and I keep on telling I'm telling my dad and text. I'm like, man, this guy. <laughs> after leaving practice, I'm like, this guy's this guy is the real practice deal. If, if it can go into games man and i'm hoping that maybe after duquesne and make some plays there that we can really go into this lsu game and say man you got to figure out who they match who he matches up with who lsu is going to put on him mm-hmm. because right now I'm, I'm just excited to talk about it when it goes into matchups like next week when we do a small little preview on duquesne like the matchups are you know in such great favor of wilson 
and and we when we see it in practices, it's almost unstoppable. Just got to keep the catches, and you know there are some inconsistencies today. I'll be honest with you, and we'll we'll get yeah we'll start transitioning over to uh, this practice Tuesday practice in a minute. But you know there's some still little baby inconsistencies, but and it's more rare than anything. And you know everybody has their off days, but Wilson could be a really good threat. And it, honestly, to be honest. For Jordan Travis, too, alone, he's needed a guy that can be a threat there. You kind of saw a little bit of it with Malik McLean, but now if you could put out both, which, you know, I can't say anything of what they're doing play-wise, but just imagine if you could, you know, if you could line up over here, Malik McLean, you could put over here Johnny Wilson. You've got two sizable threats there, and then if you could put in some guys' experience like Micah Pittman, who's shifty, there's a lot, a lot you can do, and there's a lot that fans should be excited for with what Morvell can do with this offense going into year three. Uh, let's jump into a few things from the second scrimmage. A lot of this stuff was on lockdown this week. Uh, you know, there was rumblings out of the first scrimmage and it spread out all over social media. So I think coach Norvell caught onto that along with the SIDs and they really locked down on what was going on in this scrimmage, but we were there for the press conference, exchanged a few texts here and there with some people, but really the highlights here, Number one, the quarterbacks, and Jordan Travis looked really good. He looked smooth. He had three series. Magnervell told us today that he really liked what he saw from Jordan Travis just managing the ball. And we've seen that all through fall camp, Lou. He's done a really good job of keeping the ball out of the out of the defense's hands. Um, and then, you know, I had Tate also had a few couple drives there that looked good. I mean, nothing much changed here from this first scrimmage. But I think the biggest thing to take away from is Jordan Travis continuing to progress there as a passer, and he doesn't scramble as much. It's it's extremely rare to see him scramble, and when you do see him scramble, you're like, oh, my God, yeah, Jordan Travis is fast, and I don't know why it surprises me every time because we've seen it in games quite a bit, but in practices, you don't see it as much. But out of the scrimmage, the number one thing I've heard, and Norvell confirmed it today, Jordan Travis looked really smooth in those three series. And I think it just shows how comfortable um, where Florida State thinks Jordan Travis is right now. Just only I'm going there for three series. I think Norvell said he completed, you know, over 70% of his passes. But the majority of that work went to A.J. Duffy and Tate Rodemaker on Saturday night. And that's because you know what you have in Jordan Travis. And as we've said on this podcast throughout last couple months, those improvements um, in the passing game are legitimate. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Jordan Travis this upcoming season, if he keeps playing like he has in fall camp, as you said, Logan, not a ton of turnovers. He's been connecting on, on deep balls with multiple wide receivers. Um, it looks like this passing game is going to take a big step forward from where it was a season ago. Uh, I want to mention another name, too, who is going to play quite a bit this upcoming season, in my opinion. That's Marquiston Douglas. Let me make sure I get Stay that right. right. Marquiston Douglas. The biscuit, yes, the biscuit, as Coach Norvell and the rest of the staff calls him. But uh, I got a quote here uh, from Coach Atkins, Florida State's offensive line slash offensive coordinator now, saying, I've been really pleased with his growth. He's faster than I thought he was. And I'll be honest with you, there's a few times where I'm like, okay, Mark Easton's worked on his body, and that's something (laughs) Coach Atkins talked about. Because if you go back and look at him last year, uh, yeah, Mark Easton, you might be watching this. I don't know. And if you see me at practice tomorrow, you can just run me over. But you were a little, little slower. I mean, he would, uh, he would believe, he would confirm the same thing and agree with me. But definitely a slower guy. Coach Atkins told us in the press conference has been working on his body, man, and he looks a lot more smoother. He's been catching the balls, and that's someone that 
needs to step up. We've been looking for someone to step up in this tight end room. That has been one of the biggest question marks, D. Lou. Marquiston, I think, has done that. I want to see it in a game, but you're seeing the growth, the, the signs of growth there, and I think that's what Coach Thomason and Coach Norvell, they want to see from him because he can be utilized. And definitely in the blocking game, you know, he's got the size for that, but if they could also add in that pass and attack with him, kind of like how in the later of the season last year we saw Jordan Wilson do, the UCLA transfer tight end, if he could kind of start developing into that and grabbing a passing attack into his talents – that's that's a good sign there for Florida State on the tight end group. But I thought it was significant that out of you know some guys that the coaches were naming after the scrimmage, Marquise and Douglas was brought up. Yeah, he's been a consistent performer for Florida State um, throughout fall camp. And Norvell even said on Saturday night that he had a huge play um, against the defense. And he also mentioned Wyatt Rector in that room. But for Marquiston, I think really, and you kind of alluded to it, it's really just been that physical development. He really committed to the offseason program and dropped some weight coming into fall camp. Still probably 280, 285 pounds, maybe needs to trim up a little bit more. But he's slowly been getting there, going into his third year in the program. And he's come alive during fall camp. And with Jordan Wilson moving on, he's got a good shot to step into that role as Florida State's blocking tight end. And that should be an exciting combination to kind of see him work alongside Cameron McDonald and, and Wyatt Rector. We'll see who else, Preston Daniel, whoever else gets involved in that tight end rotation. One more thing I want to note from this and another guy you were close with during his recruitment and, and great kid looking forward. He's going to have a strong future in Tallahassee. That's Kanaya Charlton. Got some run with the ones during the scrimmage. Uh, got to see him in practice day to do today to get a lot of opportunities he's a guy that has the size for sure still needs to trim up a little bit but you're seeing armella get in there with the ones you're seeing kanaya i like it um you know i know some people are like well what's going on who's injured who's that i will say you know there's at least comforting things to know that a lot of this is just giving opportunities to some of these younger guys that haven't had any experience or, or just a little bit of experience, but to these guys, Kanaya and, and our melodies are true freshmen coming in. I like the signs that I'm seeing out of Kanaya and definitely our but Kanaya, your guy, man, got in there and got some work with the ones during the scrimmage. Good for him. They both uh, Kanaya and Julian Armella, they're both making some really impressive strides as of late. And it feels like they're ahead of the curve compared to maybe some of the other true freshman offensive lineman and some of the, the newcomer offensive linemen. I've been really impressed uh, with both of their efforts throughout practice and they're true freshmen. There's going to be mistakes there. There's going to be mistakes on the offensive line whenever you're a junior or a senior, but it says a lot um, for Mike Norvell to go ahead and mention that both of those guys have taken first team reps during Florida state's first two scrimmages. Um, and it, the future is bright on that offensive line. Can you guys remember where we were just two, three, four years ago? Um, we're headed for greener pastures. <laughs> greener pastures. That's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. So that wraps up the second scrimmage. That is the final scrimmage of the fall camp season for FSU. So now it's on to, which will be game week, obviously in week zero this week right now is just the last week of fall camp. And the next week is game week. So, they will not have any more scrimmages, thank God. <laughs> but thank goodness there's no more scrimmages. That The tough part, I think, is out of the way. And we'll, we'll talk about this more later on just because we have so much 
of stuff to go through, but just kind of going off of what Norbell was saying in the scrimmage or after the scrimmage, I just felt a lot more confidence coming from him after what we heard from him, like in the first scrimmage. I just felt a lot more like answers were given to him because there was a lot of question marks, like he said, after that first scrimmage and looking back at a film. I feel like there was a lot of answers and nothing really stuck out differently than what he saw in film after the second one. Everything stuck, stayed the same, and he, he did like that. And uh, there's some promising things. If you guys haven't gone and listened to the interview from today, I uh, felt like everything looked good from both on field and whenever you looked and put on the computer to watch the film afterwards. So that's a good good feeling there. I think maybe uh, last yeah. thing before we move on from the scrimmage that maybe we should note on Darius Washington took some, uh, as Norvell noted, took some live reps during that scrimmage and I don't know what's going on out there, but also took some reps uh, during Tuesday's practice as well. And I think they're, they're kind of working him across that offensive line because he's a guy who's really versatile and we'll see what position ends up suiting him the best because Florida state, obviously they've got a lot of bodies in that room. Yep, they do. That's a good sign. I'm glad you mentioned that or the good thing you brought that up because Darius Washington getting, some live reps is something that we haven't really been able to see. He's been limited to start off fall camp, but him getting full-time reps is huge for, for FSU and getting a guy that is a starter that you had last year, getting him back into a groove with a good amount of time left too. I and mean, I know people are freaking out, but there's a lot of time here for some healing to be done and continued getting back into the groove of things, like I said, for Darius and as much needed. So, And he's a big leader, at least seeing him out there today too. And team drills going at it. He is a leader on that offensive line. You can stack that up with uh, Dylan Gibbons and then also Robert Scott. Uh, Reese Smith, position. too. He's, he's been a vocal leader yeah. throughout fall camp. A, a couple of those veterans in that room, I've been really impressed by the leadership they've showed. Even some of the true freshmen. You know, some gonna, real self-accountability going on there. I was going to say, I feel like that has been upped, at least from the veterans' point of view, D'Lu, because of the big freshman class coming in. And they know that they need to set an example for those newcomers. And I feel like that's only just transcended over there to the young guys. They're The younger guys, they're not calling out or making sure they're the – older guys are in the right spot, but whenever it's the freshman to freshman, you know, you'll see Armella go over and have a few chats here and there and Kanaya Charlton, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good thing that you want and exactly what Mike Norvell wants to have in his locker room, something that he's been wanting to change for three years now, getting that accountability and leaders grow that from the freshman class. Don't start it at juniors, seniors, start it from that freshman class. And that's what Mike Norvell, that's exactly what he wants here in Tallahassee. Uh, all right, let's let's jump into Tuesday's practice. We won't spend too much time here, but up and down. I would say an up and down. It's understandable. They just went through a crazy streak, a long stretch of practices, and along with traveling and also having a scrimmage. Up and down practice, a lot of inconsistencies from the quarterbacks this morning. Um, just, just an up and down day. But even with the tight ends and wide receivers, some drops here and there. Uh, you're hoping to see a bounce back tomorrow. One of the highlights, though, I will mention Kentron Portier had an incredible grab down the field. Uh, and, you know, Dugans has talked about him along with Norvell. I thought he was one of the top guys out of the spring, kind of has had a slower start to fall camp. But that catch today was incredible. Going up deep, probably about 30, 35 yards down the field, one-on-one -on -one situation, jumps up, 
acrobatically grabs it and then lands on his back and is able to hold on to the ball for a big time game. Coach Norbell really liked what he saw from number 88 today. I didn't see that one, but I will raise you another really nice catch I saw and down there towards the red zone. Um, I think Jordan Travis threw it towards the corner to Preston Daniel and Bethune was right there in tight coverage, got his hand on the ball, tipped it. And Preston Daniel was able to get both feet inbounds, readjust, and come down with the football and bounce. And Bethune just kind of stood there and was just like, "Man, like, what else could I have done?" Um, it, it was a great play by by both parties. It was, yeah. And then I, Micah Pittman also had a really nice grab too. So you're going to have those practices ups and downs, but is what it is. I will say though, on the defensive side, a lot of guys did not have some ups and downs. And I'm talking about Joshua Farmer. I mean. I feel like we've talked about him quite a bit, Elu, throughout this fall camp. But today, once again, it gets to the point where he just rips through that that offensive line. And there's no knock on the offensive line. I know if I say that, then someone's going to wonder, oh, my God, the offensive line is horrid. No. Joshua Farmer is just playing really good right now. And he, I thought, put on some good size and a little bit more size than I thought he really needed in that spring. And it took him a little while to get used to it. But now conditioning – for a couple months, definitely that Tallahassee heat has helped him. And he is looking really good. And it's becoming on a consistent basis. You know, Coach Odell Higgins is very hands-on with Farmer. He's been that way since he arrived. And that only tells me that Odell really thinks highly of what Farmer can be. The ceiling is very high. And, you know, Odell is going to make sure that he's coached up hard. And it's working. And Farmer is looking really good. He, he's such a He's going to be such a great piece there in that defensive line unit of being able to utilize him in case you got to have a couple guys out for rep uh, reps or plays during a game you can throw farmer in there and you know you can get a guy that's going to come right through that middle and use his strength I thought farmer has had a good camp but today he just you know reminded me yeah farmer number 44 to watch out for him in 2022 he's got a ton of potential and once he refines a little bit becomes a little bit more technically sound which we know we know he will under uh the watchful eye of coach Hagens. it's going to be really exciting to see where joshua farmer ends up at florida state when it's all said and done because man the work the kid has put in on his body just absolutely insane and he's figuring out to play with it every practice i think you're just seeing him get better and better and sticking with the defensive side let's go in that defensive backfield renardo green made an absolutely insane play. We talked about how Johnny Wilson is impossible to guard in the end zone. Jordan Travis tried to go to him um, at, at one point during practice in the, end, in the end zone, and Renardo Green came leaping out of nowhere to make an amazing play on the ball and pick it off. And Coach Fuller, very excited about that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen Fuller get very excited for those interceptions, and he get, he will sometimes come and, and dap your hand up and – it hurts sometimes. He's so excited. So I've learned firsthand that Adam Fleur does like his takeaways. Another player that I want to mention is one that we haven't talked about a whole ton, I'll be honest with you guys, and that's Amari Gaynor. I thought he had his best day today. He was everywhere around the ball, put himself in the right positions, had a PBU today. Gaynor had a really nice practice, and you know he's just someone we don't mention a lot just because we're always trying to figure out where, the, where Adam Fuller and what – Coach Randy Shannon wanted to do with him just because he's got that different type of body that you don't really know. He's a hybrid. You know, you can put him down there at the pass rush or you put him back at linebacker. Just seemed like things work today. 
and they're doing a lot more with a little bit of installs too. And he just looks smooth and he put himself in a good spot to, to almost come away with a few takeaways, but Amari Gaynor looked good. Yeah. I don't know how else you can say Amari Gaynor looked good. And another linebacker I've been impressed with throughout preseason camp, Brendan Gant uh, making that transition over from defensive back. There was one play during team drills. He had a tight end blocking him. He was able to shed the block and then make a tackle on the running back for I couldn't tell if it was no gain or a tackle for loss, but either way, <clears throat> seeing him shed the block, put the tight end on their back and then tackle a running back. Nice play from Gant. And even in Jacksonville, he was making a couple plays um, throughout the last couple weeks. Logan, I've talked to you about it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Been really, really impressed with Gant's effort throughout fall camp. Yeah, and that's another one where I'm interested to see how they use how they use him because he's a guy that can fly off and be bring a really good pressure aspect to his game to that whole Florida State defense or you know he can stuff the run he's just he's an interesting kind of body type he does not look like a full on linebacker yeah he's put on some size but he's still not going to be like a Tatum Bethune. He's not going to be the size of DJ Lundy or, or Steven Dix, but he's just, I don't know. I, I want to, maybe it's just because his last name's Gant, but he's just an annoying gnat. I feel like that it'll come down and fly and, and just nail you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just making stuff, stuff up as it goes, but yeah, Gant, Gant has looked, has looked good. And I think too, with him, he's just got experience. He's got experience, and it just kind of comes easy for him to be in the right spot at the right time to come down and smash you. So uh, let's jump into some recruiting stuff to end off before we jump into the season preview and record predictions. Florida State grabbing some defensive commits. Defensive lineman Tavion Gadsden uh, commits to Florida State over Tennessee. Hopefully I said that name right, D. Lou. Did I say that right, Tavion Gadsden? Yeah. I said it right. I think so. Uh, yeah, this one we kind of had a feeling was going to be in Florida State's favor for a little while now, definitely after the previous visit. But what are your thoughts on this pickup for Florida State and Odell Hagens here, a guy that um, obviously decided to go Florida State over SEC? Do you think this was mainly relationships? or well, What do you think it went into here? Yeah, I think relationships played a pretty – large part in this one and it's just another nice pickup for Florida State on that defensive line uh, you look at this 2023 class now we'll talk about KJ Kirkland in a minute but you're up to 14 verbal commitments so far through the middle of August five of those are on the defensive line seven total linemen in the class if you count Roderick Kearney and Lucas Simmons over there on the offensive side but you had Tavian Gadsden to what is a heck of a haul and he's probably going to fit more on the interior side, I would say. Probably a defensive tackle at the next level. So he'll be there alongside K.J. Sampson. Depending on how things work out with Jordan Hall and a couple other targets, this might be the last defensive lineman that Florida State goes after in the class. It's really just going to come down to numbers. But Jordan Hall is definitely someone they want. They're right there involved with them with Georgia and Florida. Getting Gadsden in the fold this early, nice pickup for FSU. Nice snag there. And then, like you said, K.J. Kirkland, this is one I'm really excited for. Uh, Defensive back, commits to Florida State over Kentucky. At some point, it felt like Kentucky had the swing here. But for the last week or so, and now obviously committed to Florida State, it went back over to Coach Woodson and the Seminoles and Mike Norvell. This one, I think, 
is a guy that has a really high ceiling. The staff sees a lot in, in him, uh, has competed very well in camps too, uh, including a guy that we won't, I know Florida State's fan base doesn't like talking about, but competed very well, if not the best. And one of those camps against Travis Hunter, I like Kirkland a lot. This is a really nice pickup for Florida State. What are your thoughts? And, uh, you know, what, what went into this recruitment? Because this is one that was highly targeted for a while now. We talked about him last week. Uh, this is a guy about six foot two, has that long and lengthy frame that Coach Woodson and Coach Fuller and Norvell are looking for in their defensive backs. You know, look at uh, Azari Thomas and Sam McCall. They both have a similar frame to what KJ Kirkland will be bringing into Florida State. They just like to find guys that have a lot of versatility and, you know, they can play at different spots throughout that backfield, which that's where they see Kirkland. He's a guy that can play corner, he can play nickel. He can play safety. It's kind of something that Florida State's going to figure out once he does get to campus. And this one, again, um, came down to relationships. A lot of, I think, Coach JP, Coach Fuller, Coach Woodson have spent a ton of time recruiting Kirkland. And last week I talked about Roderick Kearney as well, a guy from the Jacksonville area who has also been in Kirkland's ear as of, as of late, trying to get him to join the tribe. Um, coming out of that Seminole showcase on July 30th, Kirkland said that Florida State wasn't first with Kentucky as a close second. It seemed like a couple of days after the event, Kentucky took the lead, but then Florida State was able to turn the tide um, within the last couple of days before Kirkland made his announcement. So to land this guy, um, a four-star on 247, one of the best, I would say, defensive backs in Florida and probably now the best defensive back that they have committed in this 2023 class, Kirkland is someone I like a lot, and he's primed to be a riser throughout his senior season in the rankings. And like I said, now Florida State, 14 verbal commitments and the number 20 class in the country, according to 247 Sports, a far cry from where they were a couple months ago when I think they were in the 40s or 50s. They're climbing up. They're secretly and quietly climbing up there. And as noted in the doc here, you said seven of 14 are linemen. And so Florida State continuing to push that trenches and that target of building that area because Florida State needs that. They, they need that. And they're continuing to do that. And they're finding answers and either recruiting they can find in the portal at times, but primarily recruiting right now. They're doing a really good job, both offensively and defensively, D. Lou. They're flipping the trenches on their head. <sighs> it was uh it was pretty dreary in the spring. Florida State missed out on a couple targets. Didn't look like there was much momentum. And then man, ever since June, 10 of the 14 commitments in this 2023 class have come over the past 3 months. So it's been an impressive stretch for Florida State. Um they're going to try and get a lot of guys in for official visits obviously throughout the 2022 season. I think they're trying to do Things later in the year, even more towards December following the season, depending on the timelines for certain targets. So we'll be monitoring that throughout the fall. Tom here on Facebook is asking, any news on the linebacker from California? And this is Blake Nicholson, who most recently visited Florida State. Seemed like Florida State was in a really good spot here. I believe there's a timeline that's been shared from Blake this week. Uh, but any Anything that you're hearing on your end, D. Lou, on on that? Nothing really new on my end. I believe the intention is for Nicholson to decide within the next couple of weeks, and it's going to come down to that same top three that he's had for a while now, Florida State, Oregon, and UCLA, coming out of this recent multi-day unofficial visit to Tallahassee where 
Nicholson was around for four days and was at multiple practices, spent a ton of time with the coaching staff, you know, even namely general manager Derek Ray, which both of those guys are from the same area. I feel like Florida State is in a really good position in this recruitment, and now they just have to close it out. Well, speaking of closing it out, we are going to go ahead and get that off the screen because we are not doing record predictions right now. No, we're not. <laughs> no, that's, uh, no, we're not going to no, just go straight into that, go from Blake Nicholson to record predictions. We will not be doing that. But that is going to wrap up the first part of these, this podcast. So hope everybody has enjoyed that. Make sure you go grab something to drink, something more, grab something to eat because we got another hour left of going through the entire 2022 FSU football schedule and giving our predictions game by game. And then we will be kind of adds up. You'll get the record prediction at the end and then we'll go offensive defensive players of the year. And along with freshmen, it's my favorite segment of the year to do just to see how completely wrong we are. Cause I think we all kind of were a little off last year. Uh, let's jump into, let's jump into it, gentlemen. Uh, let's get started. Well, first off, do you guys remember what your record prediction was last year? I think I had six and, and six. I said six and six. I, I might have been seven and five, and I think you were six and six. I think that's what it was. I think I went Logan, seven and five. Now to be an eight and four guy. Yeah. You no, were, I, there's no you way. Above us. No, there's no way I was seven and five. <laughs> Probably should have went back and looked at some of these. Probably. <laughs> Probably should have gone back and looked at some of these, to be honest with you. I mean, oopsies. But, well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe VZ can. Never mind. It might be too much work to figure that out. But anyways, Florida State going into now with Mike Norvell going into its third season, a big time season ahead. Delo and I were texting earlier. This is not going to be an easy schedule for Florida State heading into it. A lot of different things. Number one, you start in week zero. And in my opinion, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love that they're out there early. I think it's – I think it honestly – Gives them a little bit of an edge. Yeah, you're kind of dealing with what's happening now. Little guys getting dinged up here and there, but there's some time now for them to heal. You kind of understand what your depth chart is starting to look like. You understand who fits where best. I, I love it, I, and I, I wish Florida State could do it all the time, and I wish Florida State could do this all the time starting off in week zero against a team like Duquesne, which to me, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I don't think we should. You I know sure? what. Uh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. And people are going to hate you in the comments, but I'm officially over the Jacksonville state stuff. I've cleared it out of my mind. That was a wreck. That was, it was funny. That was the week that we signed with SI <laughs> to, you know, be credential to be in the spot that we're at to give you guys some real scoop and practice and stuff. That was the week that we signed with SI. So maybe all the blame can go on to us for that, but I will tell you, we are not signed. There's no other signing going on. We were not signing anywhere else. So this should keep it to where Florida State should start off the season 1-0 and not lose to a janky-ass team. So Florida State versus Duquesne, this is going to be next Saturday, which sounds crazy. Next that Saturday. That is crazy. That is weird to say. But next Saturday, Florida State will be facing Duquesne at 5 p.m. inside Doe Campbell Stadium to kick off the 2022 season. Gentlemen, we're not doing score predictions because we'll do that next week. But win-loss, what do we got? What do we got? I, I think we, I think the team's moved on from the Jacksonville State game. I, at least we hope so. Um, I know there's a lot of fans that haven't, but I, I think they'll get it out of their system. Hopefully, this is over by middle of the third quarter. You can pull the starter, see what you have on the 
in the two deep. I, I, this should be an easy win, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm planning to predict a W in this one, but you know, you, you've got to think about what happened last year. I want to write it off as a fluke, but still just a little scary for my end. You know, you look at Duquesne, seven and three last year. Haven't had a losing record since 2014. Uh, starting quarterback Darius Perantes is back uh, for his second season as a starter, along with their leading rusher. And they're replacing some talent on defense, but they do have a couple capable pass rushers, guys that recorded four-plus – two guys that recorded four-plus sacks last season. Logan's born a drink over there. I'm just saying, we got we to gotta show Duquesne respect because obviously – Jacksonville State did not get enough respect on this show last year. I predicted a fifty-eight to nothing win. So <laughs> I'm, really, I'm I'm staying a little cautious this time around. That's all I'm saying. I'm pretty sure it was either fifty-eight or fifty-nine to nothing. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's two different programs. Jacksonville State's got, you know, not I'm gonna say good talent, but good enough talent to where there'll be an actual D1 program next year. No one's saying that about Duke. Duquesne has a winning culture. I don't give a damn. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you, VZ. I'm right there with you, VZ. And and before we move along to the next games, everybody in the chat, we didn't do this last year. We were kind of our first year in the streaming, but everybody in the chat, Facebook, YouTube, everybody's in here right now, very active tonight. Put in your score prediction. Every every game we go by, put in your score predictions so we can get a feel if you're crazy or not. I'm not. not. not, We're not, but they are. They are. They are. They can. Yeah, get an early kind of feel. All right, so we'll say Duquesne win all three, right? Yep, Duquesne yeah. win. Florida State starts off one and zero for the first time <sighs> since two thousand four. Sixteen. Sixteen. God dang it, Ole Miss, Ole Miss in Orlando. I was there for that one. Darwin James, man, popped off. But yeah, Florida State's going to start off. We got a couple of people in here: fifty two ten, fifty four. Fred saying fifty two ten. Trey don't say fifty nine nothing. Don't say. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> no. So yeah, uh, Florida State's going to start out the season one and zero, and if it if it doesn't happen that way, I think we've got to cancel the pod for a little while. <laughs> I mean, you won't catch me on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll see me on here with another how many days till basketball season sign hanging right about there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I might be there with you to be honest, or I might have to just finally go cover baseball. It just feels like everything's pointing to that, so it might be time. <laughs> Uh, anyways, all right, let's move over to week one, week one of the college football season, which is stacked all the way around. But the focus here is on Florida State in New Orleans against LSU. I am absolutely stoked for this matchup. I think this is a fair matchup between both teams at the point that they're at. I mean, I understand Brian Kelly's first year, but LSU's got talent, man, and we'll be there for full coverage. That's going to be on Sunday night, Labor Day weekend. So prime time once again for the Seminoles. We're all going to be there covering it, which is going to be fun. Also, um, we just got to make sure that we tone down the alcohol percentage. Might have to have VZ drive me back or get me back to the hotel uh, on Saturday night, like he did uh, during the spring game. Which that was sad. I was getting. Were you guys to watch Titanic together? No, we will not. That was a one-time thing. No, that was a one-time. Okay, did we do that? Yes. I don't remember. I know you don't. I know you don't. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, so Florida State versus LSU. I'm expecting – what kind of crowd are we expecting? Because I understand Florida State 
a sold a lot of tickets, 35,000, 35, I believe, and Florida State's favorite. Still could be some LSU fans that grab those tickets, but the majority of those being FSU fans. But this is going to be LSU heavy, in my opinion. But well, so hopefully Florida State fan base shows up. How are we feeling about this game, gentlemen? How are we feeling? Because this is a pivotal game for Mike Norvell. I mean, if you think about it, too, a lot of this goes into recruiting on that front. I mean, you're trying to impress and come away with the win to maybe have a shot at Hakeem Williams, five-star wide receiver. Even Jalen Brown, who's currently committed to LSU, I don't think that recruitment's fully over either. He'll be in attendance for that. What are we, what are we, what are we thinking here, man? This is going to be a full one. And it seems like Miles Brennan, he's done with – playing football you know it seems like they're going to go on the Jaden Jaden Daniels route which I'll talk about that in a second but <laughs> I'm not so sold on Jaden Daniels I don't know if anybody else in the chat is either I mean James Blackman throws four interceptions your starting running back is Deontay Sheffield and you barely beat him by four four points I think it was 28-24 uh, I don't know I'm sorry Jaden this D-line is a little bit different than what it was uh, and the pass rush is going to be a lot different than what it was. I'll go ahead and tell you that. But it's going to be a good battle, though, in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line for Florida State. That's probably going to be the matchup of the year between Florida State, probably Clemson, too. But OLDL, it's going to be fun to watch on that Sunday night and New Orleans, baby. What are we feeling? What are y'all? What are y'all like? What are y'all feeling? What do we got? It's it's going to be interesting because obviously LSU is going to have a week of film on us whereas we won't have any film on them in their current setup. Obviously, I don't think any of us are expecting us to show the whole playbook against Duquesne, but, you know, they're still going to have something. Um, but it's also, you know, first game, as LSU said, Coach Brian Kelly, so you don't really know what to expect. Hopefully, Florida State still got the Notre Dame loss fresh on their mind from last year, and they'll, they'll want to get payback for that. We're also looking, overlooking a very important factor, and it is that I will be in attendance. And, oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For, the, for those who are just joining, <laughs> um, <laughs> let, let, let everybody know because there's a lot of new viewers and listeners here from last year. For those who are just now joining, I am 0 for my last nine in, in FSU sporting events, both basketball and football. So, 0 oh, and 9. 0 <laughs> oh, and, oh, and 9. Should we keep, and if people put this in the chat here because I'm going to have to get my money back too. So, you're going to have to also send some money, but should we keep. Should we keep VZ at home and not have him no, come to the game with it's us? It's too late for this. You know, I'm, it's the, the plane tickets are booked, hotels are booked. New Orleans is one of my favorite cities. We just got to make sure there. that plane goes down. That's crazy. Okay, what the? That's, okay, right, that sorry, was yeah. that was a little too far there. That was a little too far. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay, that was like way too far. You got win or loss, Austin? No, because don't. Of, <laughs> <laughs> don't that. You know, Dustin. Well, Dustin, talk first. Then, then we'll then we'll get a prediction. Ooh, Lordy. Well, I think it's going to be close no matter what. Should be a good atmosphere, like you said, Logan. I think LSU is going to have a slight advantage with the crowd, but regardless, having that many Florida State and LSU fans around New Orleans for a couple of days leading up to the game is only going to make the atmosphere, I think, that much better um, on Sunday night. But it's going to be close. I'm going. You know, LSU, they've got that quarterback battle going on right now. Looks like it's down to Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. And there's some optimism around their running game and that defensive line. They do have some youth on the offensive line, but going LSU close. LSU close? Ooh. I'm, I'm going LSU close as well. 
Thanks. Literally also. only because I would be in attendance. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh, and 10, baby. Isn't it sad? Like, I now should have added this in my notes. Like, I have to add this for our game preview. That's in our notes. Like, that's probably one of the plain top three factors of Florida State versus LSU, that VZ will be in attendance. But this will be his 10th game, though. And it's and it's worth noting, overall, I have a very good attendance record over my lifetime. I was there for, the, for a very <laughs> successful part of Florida State basketball history. But, What's your football record? Uh, 34 and 17. So not terrible. Strange you know that off the top of your head. I, I have it. I have my notes pulled up. That's falling quickly, I'll tell you tabs. that. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, if In case you're curious, that includes one, two, three, four, five, five straight losses. No, sorry. Six straight losses. It's not funny. Stop laughing. Uh, no, it's pretty funny. No. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it, is, it is not. It is definitely not funny, funny, funny. Oh goodness. No. Uh like I said, I'm I'm not sold on Jane Daniels. I mean, I understand he's a dual threat guy. I'm over the whole Florida State. He needs to be worried dual threat. Yes, it's in the past. It's nightmares. Yes, we get it. But I feel like Florida State's done a pretty good job of really singling out and making sure the target like they did. It's not a running guy, but in the passing attack like they did Tyler Van Dyke. Florida State has done a good job of preparing for quarterbacks, in my opinion. For the most part, you look back at Sam Howell too and what they were able to do. I feel good. I mean, if you look at Sam Howell, I mean, he got wrecked. I mean, for the most part, there are some things in the second half where it was like, okay, well, let's make sure that we're still playing a game. But I think Florida State's game plans against quarterbacks has been good. I think Norvell knows what to do against uh, Jay and Daniels, and Adam Fuller knows to put a good scheme against him. I think it's going to come down to playmakers and these kind of games it is. I mean, there's talent everywhere. Uh, I just think Florida State's trenches, man, uh, get after – uh, that quarterback, whoever it is, uh, and especially if it's Jaden Daniels, he's known and prone to throw interceptions. I'm not going to go into a full friggin' breakdown here because we'll What's save his that stat? for two weeks. I, heck no, I'm saving that for two weeks. I ain't doing that crap right now. He ain't worth it to me, in my opinion. But uh, I've got it written down. I've got it written down. Well, you've got to say it, so we don't I've really got it written here. down. I've got it written down. I think Florida it's a winner State, or a loss, buddy. I think FSU fans are, are going to leave that stadium very happy and they're going to be partying. I think they're going to be partying down the streets in New Orleans. I got Florida State winning that game um, and going 2 0 to start the season. Number one reason being a full, healthy Jordan Travis. And hopefully, unless something crazy goes on against Duquesne, you're bringing in a healthy room. They're not going to put a lot on tape for Brian Kelly to look at. And for- Minervelle is due to get a win against Brian Kelly. They almost did it last year. I think this team is much more matured. And they understand how to compete against Brian Kelly. They should have beat him. Yeah, they should have absolutely beat him. That's why I've got FSU going two and zero to start the season. Uh, all right, let's jump over to a bye week. Hope, hope, who, went, hope. who wins the bye week this time? Because we've seen uh, Florida State lose bye weeks in the past. The training tables. The training tables, maybe. Hopefully, someone gets healed after the LSU game because that's going to be a physical game. But I'm glad Florida State has a bye week after that just because they have week zero starting off the season. And then we get on the road, well, really again here, going to Louisville. What are What's all the hoopla about Louisville this, this offseason? You know, I, I know that they've got a, a lot of guys returning. Um, you know, a lot of people respect that coaching staff. You know, Florida State should have done, uh, I don't even want to talk about I don't even want to talk about last season, but ended up losing 31 to 23 at home. 
my it's, it's tough to kind of go back and talk about it but real quick uh florida state's going to go over there and travel to ls or lsu louisville this upcoming season what are your thoughts on that matchup well yeah you, you kind of said it they've got some uh talent coming back namely malik cunningham who was only 54 yards, I think 54 yards away from being a 3,000-yard passer as well as a 1,000-yard rusher last season. So he was really good for Louisville, now entering his third year in the system. And obviously the Cardinals have defeated Mike Norvell and the Seminoles each of the past two seasons. 2020 was pretty embarrassing last year, 31 nothing before Florida State starts to make that second-half rally and falls just short on a Hail Mary pass from – Mackenzie Milton to Parchment that was intercepted. So this is a Louisville team returning Malik Cunningham. And they've also got one of their best running backs back in Jalen Mitchell, along with tight end Marshawn Ford, who was a thorn in FSU's side last season. Um, the Cardinals right there to contend for the Atlantic division. We'll see what they do. I've got Louisville winning this one. I'll go next VZ. I've got Florida state. Losing this game, I, I, like I said, I think it's going to be a really physical game over there in New Orleans. Yes, you get the bye week. That's going to help. But I don't like Friday games. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like that. I just, I'm just not a fan. And that, those are things that when I was younger watching that Florida State, it, it just, just doesn't usually go well. Uh, but they're, they're at Louisville. And like you said, Malik Cunningham is coming back. I think he's going to, I think he's going to grow into being a really good quarterback this upcoming season. The ACC. I've got Florida State losing this game. Um, this one, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but that might change. You know, I know we're going to do our record predictions, but it might change when we come into game week. But oh, it can always, it can always change. <laughs> yeah. We, if everybody's see. healthy though, oh, sorry. <laughs> if everybody's healthy though, you know, but now go ahead, go ahead. VZ. I feel like everyone's nervous for this game because it's a weekday game in Louisville and everyone thinks back to that 2002 game. I don't I do because every time we play Louisville, they show a replay of it. Uh, it's just you, you go up there do. and you choke in Louisville. And I think that has everyone kind of nervous. And I don't blame them. I think Florida State's going to lose this game as well. <laughs> so right now, d and VZ are at 1-2. One one two. Two. I'm at 2-1. Two two. <clears throat> yep. That's where we're at. That's where we're at, gentlemen. Do we see a swing upwards, though, for Florida State? Whenever Boston College comes to town on September 24th, we don't have a kickoff time for this one yet, but I expect a good 3:30. I'm feeling like a good 3:30 uh, against Boston College just feels right. Wouldn't be shocked. Maybe if it's 7:30, but 3:30 uh, it just seems seems right. What do you what do y'all first thoughts about Boston College coming in town? They got a quarterback though that some people are very high on. Another conference team, another Atlantic division team that's returning a lot of experience. Quarterback Phil Jerkovic back again. Wide receiver Zay Flowers back again. Jaden Woodby back again. Their leader, uh, their leading rusher, he's back don't again laugh as like well. That. So, don't tell uh, you me know, Boston that. Boston College gave Florida <laughs> State a game uh, last season up there in Boston. It was a battle down to the final couple of minutes. I know Florida State they jumped out to that lead and then. The Eagles were kind of able to make a comeback there before Florida State uh, shut the door on them late. So this should be another one that's going to be a close game, but I do have Florida State rebounding in Doe Campbell Stadium to get to 2-2. Two and two. 
I, I feel like Dustin's cheating off my notes. Uh, I took I, a lot of notes throughout the day, buddy. But I feel like you're, you're, you're taking from mine, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, <laughs> I also have Florida State winning this game against Boston College. I just think it's, you know, I, obviously I think a lot of people are big fans of Boston College's quarterback. He's got production. He's played well. He should have beaten Clemson in Clemson last year. Um, I just, you know, it's Boston College, you know. You would like to think you can beat that team. You would like to think that, wouldn't you? I think I got Florida State winning this game. I do. I back at home, and it feels weird. Florida State going like hearing the comments. Florida State starting off three and one. I mean, wow, what a, what a reverse from last year of going zero and four. But I got Florida State definitely at home. Uh, I'm not too worried about this matchup, and I like Florida State's pass rush. A lot of this, a lot of these predictions are coming off of my. I don't know my optimism of Florida State's pass rush. It's not going to be the same caliber, I don't think, as Kier Thomas, Jermaine Johnson, but I still think they're going to be a threat this upcoming season. And they, we're not talking enough about that interior. I mean, Florida State, I mean, Fabian Love and Robert Cooper have been menacing that offensive line uh, throughout fall camp, and they're going to do the same. They're ready to go after some other guys. I got Florida State beating Boston College here at home. Let's jump over to the next game. This is a big one because it's going to come down if Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman is uh, healthy or not after undergoing some health stuff that's taken him away from the football field for a little while here, taking care of him. So, you know, hope, you know, a great, great quarterback. Hope he makes it back. But I think Florida State fans are hoping that he doesn't make it back the week at least for that game that game week yeah you don't you, Florida State fans don't want to see him back maybe he can he can come back on uh, October 8th if he wants to but Florida State and Wake Forest will go at it this will be a back-to-back home uh, weekend for Florida State facing the Demon Deacons they're ranked number 22 in the country heading into this season no time for kickoff has been announced this is going to come down to Sam Hartman. If I'm going to go off of Sam Hartman not being out there, I mean, Sam Hartman did some things last year that I don't want to see again happen to Florida State's defense. <laughs> and I love how I said earlier, Florida State's prepared very well for quarterbacks in the past. Yeah, you forgot about him, huh? I mentioned that. The majority, though, a majority, Florida State did a good job of, but did not do a splendid job at all. That was just a disgusting game last year, if you think about it. Throwing in how many – you had two quarterbacks. You kind of had a – well, remember it was Mackenzie Milton, but do you remember? I, I think, yeah, it was because you were there. But the first five, <laughs> yeah, the first five there. drives of the game, it was a different quarterback every drive. It was just Milton, Travis, Milton, Travis, Milton, tra- pick. Fun, oh, don't, pick, don't even fun. get me started. That was a weird turnover game. That's what it was. Yeah. I believe five, if I'm not mistaken. Felt like ten. Four by Milton. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like ten. It was not yeah. a good game. But, well, Florida State lost 35 to 14, in case anybody was wondering, in case they wanted to have that put in your brain again. But that was on the road. Maybe if you're in Doke, things change here. And right now, if I, you know, I'm not expecting Sam Hartman to play. I don't know about you guys, but it just I seems like it's know. a little too early. There's things you can never really you can try to make a guess, but we're not medical people here, I don't think. So don't know how that. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. But. Sam Harmon or no Sam Harmon, what are your thoughts on this game? Another one here, because I'm 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 in a really risky spot here. I'm at three and one. I need to I need to choke it back a little bit. It, yeah, it's 
Go ahead. I was going to say, I think we've got to put some respect on Wake Forest just for what they did last year, 11-3, and three, the ACC runner-up. And I, I had this game as a loss going into it before the Sam Hartman news. But if Sam Hartman is unable to return to the lineup, I do have Florida State taking this game just because I think he, he's a really big swing. I mean, that guy's one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the ACC right now. Obviously, he's been around forever and has played a ton of college football. That experience does a lot for the Wake Forest offense. All right, dog. But then also, just looking at some of the other guys on the roster, A.T. Perry, six foot five, twelve hundred plus yards last year, fifteen receiving touchdowns, heck of a threat on the outside that Florida State's going to have to deal with. Thankfully, they've got a Johnny Wilson that they've been going up against all preseason. But the main thing about Wake Forest to me is their defense isn't that good. And we see what we think is going to be a a big improvement for Florida State on offense, particularly in the passing game. They should be able to find some holes to take advantage of. So if Sam Hartman's unable to return, which who knows at this time, they haven't disclosed what the issue was or any kind of timetable. I'm going to go Florida State over Wake Forest to get to three and two. It's, it's certainly a tough one. Um, it's one of those that yeah, we'll probably flip-flop on, you know, a thousand times until we get to that week and we know exactly what's going on with Sam Hartman. It's one of those that I feel like Dave Clawson isn't getting enough credit for how good of a coach he is. He's done a mm-hmm. phenomenal job there in Winston-Salem mm-hmm. last few years. And people don't realize that, yeah, Florida State's dominating the all-time season, uh, all-time series in this. But six of Wake Forest wins in this series they only have eight six of them have come in the last 15 years i for now i'm gonna have wake winning but I, don't be surprised if that flip-flops the week of the game yeah I, i'm on, i'm in the same boat with you kind of here and then and we got to start talking the stretch that florida state's going on here i mean you're gonna go from boston college you got wake force and you go at nc state then you've got clemson this we're gonna start getting into the stretch here we gotta start figuring out you know you're going through a battle here week by week. I, it all is going to depend on Sam Hartman right now. This could change depending on if Hartman's back, but right now I got Florida State winning this game at home. I think Mike Norvell, he's got this one on his mind. He's got one of these these teams circled, and I do think Florida State comes away with a win here. The defense is just going to have to continue to get after it. And then, like D. Lou said, if Florida State can get a passing attack going, and they, they're going to have enough time, then um, you're going into your fifth game of the season. That passing attack has got to be there by now. That's going to help a ton. Um, but we got Florida State coming away with the win. It could change though. Sam Hartman's here on October eighth. This is always the fun one, gentlemen. This is always a good time. I absolutely hated whenever I was younger when my dad took me up there. Shout out to my dad, but we went up there. We both didn't have a really fun time because I think Florida State lost that game, but NC State fans are pieces of living uh, blank. Not, not just in the case, football either. Their basketball fans are just as bad. Yeah, NC State fans suck. I mean, if you're yeah. out there, you suck. Go eat a bag. Um, but y'all suck. Um, but I don't like Florida State. I don't like Florida State's chances here. I don't. Um, I've got Florida State <laughs> losing this game. But you know what? You know what's so crazy in my mind, and I've gotten written down here. Florida State should have never lost to NC State last year. Should have never lost. You know, Jordan Travis was going through a sickness there. Mackenzie Millen was running the same offense as Jordan Travis, which makes no sense with a guy that didn't have two full-on, fully functional, you know, 
threat with his legs. You know what I'm trying to say here? Florida State should have never lost that game. And I also don't feel like Florida State uh, should let Corey Durden get another one. But I don't <laughs> like that they're on the road. It's a weird situation. I got one of these games marked down where it's on my 50-50s. Right now I'm giving it to NC State because I can't have Florida State starting off such of a good record like this. But I got Florida State losing this game to NC State. Like I said, that one could be another change changer one once we get in the game prediction or score or game predictions whenever we get there. But right now I've got Florida State losing that game at NC State. Everybody put in your score predictions and whatnot in the comments. So I feel like every year Florida State has that one win where you're just like, what? And to me, this is this game. I don't buy NC State whatsoever. I, I may be in the minority on that. I know NC State's, depending on who you ask, they're going to be their second or third in the Atlantic mm-hmm. uh, this year. It's also one of those games where, yes, I live in North Carolina, but I can't go to the game because my best friend is getting married in Florida that weekend. Um, so Florida State's going to try and piss me off and win that game, saying, hey, you should have been here. Uh, yeah, actually, thank God. Shout out to your friend that's getting married because he just saved. This might be a win for FSU guys. Yeah. But will not be in attendance for it. Uh, t- technically, he's getting married the day before, so I could fly no. to Raleigh the next day. But what I'm going to do instead is go to Greenville and go see a concert instead. Well, that sounds about right. Oh, we're, no so. one's blaming you for that. We highly, you know what? If there's any way we can help, you know, <laughs> I encourage you to do the, more of those whenever they're like these kind of games. But yeah, what, what, what are you feeling though? What do you got? I'm, I'm, fi- I'm feeling a Florida State win. I'm wow. probably going to be the only one that, that takes that here for now. Okay. I just, I, I don't buy NC State. I really, really do not. I get it. Carter Finley is historically a tough place to play for Florida State. You know, everyone has nightmares of that fat dude waving a shirt around in the rain in 2012. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just have a good feeling. I don't know what it is. I am the opposite. I, I think NC State is going to be one of the best teams in the conference and might end up winning the whole dang thing here in 2022. Florida State hasn't won on the road at North Carolina State since 2016. Obviously, Wolfpack, Devin Leary back in the fold, which is just huge. 35 touchdowns to five interceptions last year. They are going to have to replace their top two leading rushers, but, man, there is some talent across that defense. As you said, Corey Durden is back. He had a pretty solid year last year. Also, another former Florida State guy is going to be returning to NC State, Cyrus Fagan. Still there, I think he. I think he got hurt last year. And then Drake Thomas, leading tackler, stand one of the standout linebackers in the ACC, is back to man that North Carolina State defense. I've got, like I said, I think I think this team could potentially win um, the entire conference when it's all said and done in December. I think this might be Florida State's worst loss of the season. Wow. Right now, it, it could always change, but right now. Florida State's worst loss of the season last year was Wake Forest. So just a cool note there from one of our resources. Where did Wake Forest end up? In the ACC championship game. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, Just like someone, Champs99 in the comments is saying here on YouTube, who gets married during football season? Listen, I I told him that. (laughs) Here's the thing. He's the biggest Alabama fan I've ever met. But that's why they're getting married on a Friday so that on Saturday they can have an entire day just to watch football. And I'm like, that's great, except I don't live in Florida anymore. <laughs> no, you stay over there. You stay far away from that stadium in Raleigh. You stay as far away as possible. Honestly, if I was in town, I probably wouldn't go anyways, because I hate, I hate NC State. Yeah. Like, 
it's it's one of those things where you got to live here in North Carolina and be around their fans. They're the worst. They, they're seriously the worst. They really are, man. They're they're. I hate the one in Clemson, and yeah. they're they're near in Miami territory for me. I know that's crazy, but they're <laughs> they are. No, they really are. They're terrible. Like I thought that I didn't like Clemson fans, and then I grew, and now I'm not. I don't have a really a problem with them. And then when the NC State game, and wow, they really are. I mean, trying to hopefully build up some sponsors on here to start off the season. So I won't say anything too crazy, but um, just just go eat a fat bag of you know what. You're on the bags today. Yeah, I want to say something at the end of it, but just really too much, too much. Rated R. We're not a rated R show. We're a PG. I thought, yeah, uh, we, yeah, we should still have the rating. Yeah, we're, we're PG 13, I think. But we can we can be explicit if we want to. So, NC State fans. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on here to the next week. And wow, wow, wow. Here we go. I mean, this stretch is not fun, boys. I mean, you go from rank, this preseason ranking, Wake Forest, number 22, NC State, number 13 in the country. What's up next? The Clemson Tigers and Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney, where Florida State and Minerville almost came away with it. Jermaine Johnson, man, making that play there in the red zone on the Clemson, on the Tigers' red zone, coming away and taking it for six. Just things didn't go the way that. Minerville and Adam Fuller in that defense really wanted to too many penalties, making too many silly mistakes. You had DJ Lundy with the late hit there. Just just silly mistakes that almost practically costed you a win there to be Minerville's biggest win and his, his career at Florida State. Initial thoughts heading into this one. You know, I, I what do y'all think about DJ, the quarterback there for Clemson? Are y'all with the ukulele? That you smashed. That you that, smashed. Still got it? it earlier. No, uh, I think I, I think I finally threw it away. But someone oh, someone no. asked about it way earlier. If, if I was going to break another ukulele. Ooh. Um, well, yeah, not tonight. But when we get the game, week. I, I I think that was a one time thing. That was that was a spur of the moment. Had to surprise oh, the guys. Whoa. What about Florida State starting off? If they're you know at we'll least see. four we'll, and one, we'll five see. and one. Like, are we'll you? See. We'll see. Um. I feel like it's hard to be worse than he was last year. I mean, he was horrendous in certain games. Um, once they got Will Shipley back, they ended up being a little bit better of a football team, able to use the ground game to help help spur his throws. Um, I don't think we're expecting much, honestly. Even if I feel – correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like we've heard nothing about Clemson this entire offseason. It's been quiet. It's, it's been, been that way really for two quiet. years now. Been it's that been way really two years quiet. from now from I, don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Venables is gone. You got to note that too on the docket. Venables and, and, for uh, uh, Clemson. Tony Elliott. Yeah, yeah, Tony Elliott. And Elliott. So now the guys are leaving their nest and finally going elsewhere, which Florida State fans have been asking for for years upon years. This is finally it. I, I feel like it's going to be one of those games where we're going to sell out to stop the run and DJ is going to beat us on just some – wonky ass throw that you know that's that looks like a punt but somehow it goes 35 yards you know db tips it up in the air and a comes receiver takes it the distance <laughs> it's gonna be one of those stupid plays well, um, I agree. I'll, I'll, I'll take clemson i agree with pretty much everything you said austin I, I don't think dj can't get can't get much worse than he was last season only nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions he's been pushed a little bit with the addition of will club so he had to fight to keep that spot. 
during the spring with a five-star true freshman. I think that's only going to pay off for him, and he's going to take a couple steps forward throughout 2022. And we all know what Will Shipley can do. He had a couple nice plays during that close loss a year ago. And then you look over at the other side of the ball. I know they've lost Venables, but, man, that Clemson defensive line just absolutely stacked. Tyler Davis, Miles Murphy, Brian Breesey, who didn't even play against FSU last year. Brian Breesey played four games last year, only played four games due to injury, and still somehow made third-team All-ACC. That kind of blew my mind when I was doing research earlier. He played wow. in the third of the games and still somehow made an all-conference team. So this is a Clemson defense that still has a ton of talent despite the coaching losses. And, yeah, it was close last year. I think it's going to be close again. Tigers win in Doak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will Shipley, that should have never happened last year, but it did. Um, like you said, VZ2, I don't know how much worse you can get. Uh, talking about DJ and how he performed at least throughout the whole season. And, you know, Florida State tried to take advantage of it. But, you know, Will Shipley, they took advantage of the ground on Florida State and they didn't know what to do. I've got Clemson winning this game. Um, I don't know. It, it just feels so weird. And I it, some, I love doing I love doing the whole <laughs> record predictions going game by game and stuff. And a lot of this is going to change. I'd love to do this and then – a lot of it what we change. do game week. Yeah, a lot of things will change. But either way, just off the top glance, I do have Florida State losing this game. But like you said, VZ2, it's been very quiet. I feel like the last year and a half or two years, but really significantly this offseason, haven't heard Jack out of Clemson, it feels like. So something to keep an eye on. But you lose both your offensive and defensive coordinators. I'm interested to see if that plays any plays into effect of Clemson, how they play overall as a season and, and to this game against Magner Bell and Adam Fuller and coach Atkins. I guess. Yeah. We're truly going to see if it was Dabo or how much of it was really Brent Venables and Tony Elliott impacting yeah. that Clemson program versus Dabo. We'll, we'll really get a chance to see that staying power. Now I want to say Brent Venables ran that friggin' defense. Good. So I'm interested to see how that looks through a couple of weeks against Clemson. What does Clemson start? Off with. Sorry, I'm going off of um, a docket here, but I'm seeing Clemson start. Okay, Georgia Tech, Furman, Louisiana Tech. Okay. <laughs> All right, Wake Forest. They're at Wake Forest on September 24th, so not really going to get a good – Will Hartman be back. That's <laughs> hey, hey, we'll see if Jeff Sims rips it up uh, September 5th, the first week. Well, hey, hey, Georgia Tech might be looking for some revenge there. I know we haven't gotten there on the schedule yet, but – yeah. Former Clemson quarterback Tyson, I don't know how to say the last name. They're really not Who? long. Tyson, formerly at Clemson, transferred to Georgia Tech over the offseason. Maybe he beats out Jeff Sims and attacks DJ Instrument on the sideline. Georgia Tech should worry about <laughs> winning more than three games before they worry about beating Clemson. <laughs> Upset alert. That's all I'm saying. So is, it Clemson- in, is it in Atlanta? Oh, it's at yeah, Georgia we, Tech. Who cares? <laughs> we're oh, we, talking about a Georgia Tech home field advantage. We ride, we ride in with that one. <laughs> now, say the stretch that Clemson will be going on before they face Florida State and Doe Campbell Stadium, which that one's for sure going to be an eight o'clock night kickoff. Um, Wake at Wake Forest next week, they'll face NC State and then they'll face Boston College, and then Florida State. So they're going to go through a heavy stretch there before they do play the Seminoles, just worth noting. 
Uh, let's talk about the next week, which is going to be a bye week. What are we thinking here? What's going on in the bye week? Who needs to heal up? I'm thinking definitely that running back room. Running back room needs to heal up, I believe. Offensive line is going to be feeling after the Clemson game, so you want everybody to feel healthy. I feel like Jordan Travis is going to be really banged up on a a game coming off Clemson. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he's going to need that rest after that Clemson game drinking yeah tom tom's got it right done that by week absolutely we will be drinking we'll probably be in friggin tampa covering a game for the bucks so then i i will still be drinking for that but we'll be taking advantage of that off off week but yeah you're probably looking at you know you want jt to be fully healthy the offensive line definitely in the trenches i mean you go back to that clemson game there's some guys busted up after that so a lot of guys busted up so um very physical game against clemson up next florida state speak of the devils ironically the yellow yeah, they're the Devils, but also the Yellow Jackets. Nobody likes the Yellow Jacket. The Yellow Jackets and Jeff Sims will be making their return to Doe Campbell Stadium after their win a couple of years ago. Ooh, that one. That one. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, Florida State will face uh, GT on October 29th, a couple of days before Halloween. Jeff Sims tried to throw the football to me a few times in the stands. Um, that's just kind of how, what he does still Florida state couldn't come away with a win though. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on this matchup? What, what are we thinking here? I got so, Florida state winning this one though. I do have Florida state winning this game. So um, as, as I just mentioned, Georgia tech needs to worry about winning more than three games in a season so far under Jeff Collins, they've won three games every single year. Uh, he's currently sitting at nine, nine and 25 as a head coach in Atlanta. Um, I, I don't think Florida State's going to be one of his three wins this season. But they I, I were got, before. They were before. Not this. <laughs> this not this time, Bucko. Uh, Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, let, let's be honest. Collins is on one of the hottest seats in, in the entire ACC. So who knows if he even makes it to October, whatever day you said. I'm not even sure if he'll still be around in Georgia Tech by then, depending on how uh, the first half of their season Go. So this is a guy that's fighting for his job. Jeff Sims, also a guy who is fighting for his job. Georgia Tech, they brought in Akron Trancher, Zach, Gibbs, Zach Gibson, along with uh, the Clemson transfer I mentioned earlier, Tyson, last name to be determined. So we'll see how those <laughs> – we'll see how those uh, – the quarterback battle goes there. They lost their star offensive player, Jameer Gibbs, to Alabama in the transfer portal over the offseason. I got Florida State winning this one. So, so here's Georgia Tech's schedule, by the way, before they play Florida State. At Clemson – or no, sorry. Clemson in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, Western Carolina, whatever. Ole Miss at home will be interesting, but probably a loss. At UCF, probably a loss. At Pitt, probably a loss. Home against Duke, toss-up. Home against Virginia, meh, and then Florida State. So there's, there's a very solid chance Jeff Collins is not there by the time they play Florida State. <laughs> we're, we're on Jeff Collins watch by that week, boys. Well, we'll go back to this pod and see if VZ called it because you might be onto something there. So what are, we, what are we at right now? I'm at – I think I'm at three, three, four, five. I'm at four and five, four, I believe. One, yeah. I think I'm, I'm at five and three. I think I'm at four and four. I'm, I'm at five and three. Four. What is everybody in the chat at? Tell us in the chat. What are y'all at? Because y'all have gone game by game with us, and we'll take a little second break here. If you want Travis – if you want Jordan Travis to stay fully healthy, hit the like button. I'm putting it on y'all right now. If you want Jordan Travis to stay fully healthy throughout the whole season, 
hit the like button. And if you want him, if you want him to win the Heisman, subscribe, hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. I better not have FSU talking to me when I'm walking into practice tomorrow, dude. I'm decking you. (laughs) We're really going out on a limb with this podcast. (laughs) Like like the podcast for Jordan Travis to stay healthy. Jesus Christ, man. Fully, fully, fully healthy. You know, everybody can stay healthy. I'm I'm healthy, but I'm not. There's probably definitely some things. I mean, there's definitely some things wrong with you, Dustin. I mean, you're you're healthy, you're living well. But I don't you're, think you're I'll you're ever fully be healthy. fully healthy again, Logan. I just wish for my plane to crash. Last time I was fully healthy, it was at birth. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that one, but we'll evaluate that and ask your mom at the next birthday dinner. Uh, Mark's got six and two. Woo! Carson's got eight and no. Oh. We are on the doobies tonight, Carson. But <laughs> He had more than two drinks. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe two more of these, and I might just start chalking up the rest of the schedule as a win, <laughs> win, win, win. <laughs> Andre, 6-2, got wheat. I like the optimism. I do like that. I'm an optimistic person, but I have not had enough red wine to go on the same route as y'all. So let's move on to next week's game after the uh, Georgia Tech game. Here we go. 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 We're going to go down to Miami, depending on what Florida State's (laughs) record is looking like, to be honest. We will not be making that. We will not be making that travel if it's a lot of losses on the docket. But Florida State will be facing Miami at Miami this upcoming season. That is going to be on November 5th. The Hurricanes ranked at number 16 in the country. Number 16 in the country going into it. You bring back Tyler Van Dyke, which... Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson made their little beep. Um, what? Maybe I don't know. What? No, nothing, 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 nothing. Either way, Florida State is going to have a good time down there um, in the rented stadium where the Miami Dolphins play. What are y'all's thoughts on this game? Florida State, Mike Norvell got the win, his first rivalry win to note. For Mike Norvell last year, I actually predicted the exact score to this game. If you guys remember that, for Florida State to win that, you know, no flex or anything, but we'll have to check had, back on that. Just I sure, sure did, and I tweeted it and made sure everybody knew that. But I predicted 31 28 FSU to win because I remember you being right next to me in the press box and was like, Oh my god, I just predicted <laughs> that score and Florida State to win. This is the best night of my life. And then I got broke up with. No, I'm just I'm messing with you. <laughs> I'm messing with you. But things did start going down spiraling after that. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> kind of had too much of a good night after that Miami game. But all right, let, let's let's jump into the game predictions here, gentlemen. Uh, what do you think this is going to come down to first before you give me anything? What is it going to come down to for Florida State to get this win? Because they did it last year with the pass rush. We talked about it. Florida State had to get after Tyler Van Dyke. What are they going to have to do this year? I think it's going to be pretty similar. Get, get in Tyler Van Dyke's head early and often. Um, there's a lot of hype surrounding Van Dyke this season. You know, he, he played well in his, that final stretch of the game last year. Um, but now that there's more film on him this year, we're, we'll see how he does. Um, he's going he's gonna to really want to prove himself in this game with, with how last year turned out, all the Tyler Van Spike jokes. You know, he's going to want to and prove something wrong. So it, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and tries to slain in it. You know, if Florida can get the pass rush going or, or the DBs can get a couple picks, you know, that's going to be the, the big thing. You just 
You're going to have to stay on top of him. I agree. It's going to come down to Tyler Van Dyke, and I've said it before. I think this is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire ACC. 25 touchdowns to six interceptions, and like you said, Austin, he's got this game circled because he had a bad game against Florida State last year. I believe it was at least two, if not three, of his six interceptions came against Seminoles as well. That strip sack from Jermaine Johnson and then the spike at the end. Uh, he still threw for over 300 yards in the game, ended the season with four straight 300-plus yard passing performances. But that's one that he's not going to forget, and he even said so earlier this preseason whenever he was asked about it. But last year, Florida State snapped a four-game losing streak to Miami and Tallahassee. We'll see how things look under Mario Cristobal. I, I really think it's going to come down to that offense. You know, Mario, more of a run guy at Oregon. So we'll see if he makes that transition similar at Miami or if they decide to stick with their strengths and Van Dyke's arm. And, you know, behind him, Jalen Knighton, running back who made some terrific plays, is back tight end Will Mallory. And they've got some talent on the defensive side of the ball. Both of their leading tacklers are back. Tyreek Stevenson and former number, former five-star safety James Williams in that defensive backfield. I'm going to go with Miami close. This one's toughies. Toughies, toughies. I think this is going to be Florida State's fourth hardest away game just crowd-wise. I mean, just really going to be tough there. Um, <laughs> Fourth, fourth roughest away game. <laughs> throwing shots, Austin. Throwing shots. I, I know, but all right, go ahead. I, I'm throwing shots, but no, I do think it is going to be. I mean, everybody that's never went to Miami is going to be there. They're going to have all the chains imaginable on, even though Mario Cristobal got them off there. The fans aren't, you know, they don't really follow it until they get to go there and and drink before the game in the parking lot. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'm not there. I don't know if I'm going to be like able to get inside the stadium, but. Uh, due to all the trash talk that we're doing here. And I don't know. I think Florida State knew how to take care of Tyler Van Dyke last year. And it, the main help to that was Jermaine Johnson. Florida State doesn't have Jermaine Johnson this upcoming season. Um, I got Florida State right now. Right now. It's worth noting right now. I got Florida State losing this game. <laughs> it's all going to ride on, I think... Uh, all the season is, but it's going to ride on Florida State's Jordan Travis, and it's going to come down to if Florida State can get a passing attack going because I think they're going to really that uh, Miami's defense they're going to they're going to try to shut down that run if they can get the passing attack going against the Hurricanes. I, I like a better chance there, but I got Florida State losing this game against Miami, but I do have that's one I'm keeping a close eye on. That that's might change, might change when we get into game week. You know, Real- you know, if, if if my let me get my prediction. All right. Oh, you Before didn't get you, it. Oh, my no, bad. Man. I'm on. Huh, I'm need another glass of wine. That's that's crazy. If Miami had an actual home stadium, I feel like this would be a lot tougher. Uh, but with this huh. essentially being a neutral site game, I'm going to say Mario Cristobal looks Mario Crista bad, and Florida State <laughs> comes out on top. <laughs> oh God, you just pulled a dust. How long were you thinking yeah, about that? Yeah, one, yeah no, he's gone. <laughs> You might as well skip the Syracuse part because I'm not spending more than maybe minute and 20 seconds on this one. I'll be honest with you guys. Oh, you should. <laughs> I got something to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, help us. All right, so we're wrapping that up one up. So making sure I'm not getting too crazy on my record here. All right, so Florida State. 
Where am I at? I am at one, two, three, four. Five. You're at five and four, right? Yeah, man, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. We're doing good. I'm proud of myself. Florida State. Oh, oh, I'm heading. I'm heading in a really interesting direction now that I wasn't expecting. Uh, all right, Florida State goes to Syracuse. Uh, I have no interest in going to that dome whatsoever, but this is going to be we're not taking going? place. <sighs> Dude, Syracuse in November. You know, say nothing more beautiful than Upper New York in late November. In a basketball sorry, m- middle November. At that point, our budget's not going to cut it. Not going to cut it, sadly. But November twelfth, Florida State goes and faces Syracuse up there. That one's probably going to be a noon game. Let it be a noon game. If they could play it at ten a.m. right when I wake up, I'd be fine with it. Just get it over with. But I got Florida State winning that game. If if it was outdoors, I think Florida State would get smoked just because they'd have to play in the snow. Um, with it being in the with it being <laughs> what a in the great, dome. A great analysis there. It Open the dome smoked. with it being in the dome. Uh, when was the last time Florida State played really in the cold? Was it against Boston College when it was last freezing year, cold on dude, a I was, yeah, was I was cold last year in Boston College. Yeah. Oh, so, God. I, I got Florida State and by double digits. Okay, good. Yeah, this this was a close one in 2021. Came down to that game-winning field goal. Syracuse, Garrett Schrader is back, and he was more of a running threat for Syracuse anything rather than a passer last year, uh, as well as the leading rusher in the ACC, Sean Tucker, who most notably we all saw get uh, run down by Jared Verse on his highlight tape. Syracuse also has linebacker Michael Jones, 110 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, four sacks last season as well as another good linebacker coming back but i'm gonna go with florida state all right why do you look like that uh we just had another bot come into the chat and say (laughs) best adult dating site all right don't Uh, read don't read i won't read the rest of it i'm gonna go florida state over syracuse to get to five and five this is a this is another coach that's on the hot seat with, with dino babers very solid chance he's not the coach florida state comes to town you know in their last three seasons he's 11 and 24. Um, decent chance he's not there by the time Florida State travels up in New York. You're, you're keeping an eye on these guys. I'm keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Keep a close eye on that for us, VZ. Might be onto something. And this is, this is around prime time of where you're into some basketball, basketball season, too. Yeah. I was about to say, VZ, this is your time. This is your favorite time of the year where you start. No, November is the best part of the year. You get you get early part basketball. Where, you do, where all, yeah. Where all the hype's there because you're beating all the bad teams. You got the end of football season. You're finally out of all the misery. <laughs> you, know, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Ah, no, I just think about how much money I'll lose betting. So <laughs> that's just such a good time to lose a good couple hundred, if not more than that. So sounds beautiful to me. <laughs> Um, let's go. Let's go. All right. So we got Florida State beating Syracuse there. I got that knocked off. And let's jump through these last couple of games before we're on here for 80,000 years. Florida State up next, Raging Cajuns. Shout out to Billy Napier down there now at UF. It's funny that they play the Raging the Cajuns back, before yeah. the Gators could. Willie, Willie Napier. I mean, Billy Napier be helping Billy out Napier. with the game calls in Tallahassee. Anyways, I got Florida State winning this game against Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana 13-1 and last season. Ended the, <laughs> ended the 2021 season on a 13-game winning streak. Won, their, won the Sun Belt Conference Championship and won their bowl game. But that was under Billy Napier. 
and they had a different quarterback and they lost a lot of people to the transfer portal. It really wasn't their offense a season ago. It, it was their defense that helped them win some games. Um, so I'm interested to see. I'm going to watch them throughout the season and kind of see how it goes, but I'm expecting Florida State to win this one decisively. But what about the winning culture that you brought up against Duquesne? What, what happened to that? Well, the coach left. Duquesne still is their coach. Not buying it. Um, I feel like it's going to be closer than people expect, but Florida State's still going to win. I feel like people just see Louisiana and they're going to go, ah, Florida State's going to win by four touchdowns. I feel like it's going to be like a 13, 17-point game, something like that. Yeah, I got no, – I already said earlier about Florida State's winning that game. Um, I kind of, I, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing, VZ. I think it might be a little bit closer than expected. You're kind of getting ready for a big rivalry week. You're going to have Florida come into town to finish off the regular season. So hopefully a regular season that you can hopefully say going into a postseason. So, uh, but yeah, Florida state, I got them beating the raging Cajuns in Tallahassee and to finish off the schedule for Florida State this upcoming season. The Florida Gators will be coming on November 25th. This one is also a Friday night game. What are y'all feeling about this? What's up? What's up with this? First time ever, or not the first time ever? It, it'd be it'd be fine if I didn't work in retail and had to work Black Friday. Um, last thing I'm going to want to do is work how many ever hours and come home and watch Florida State lose to Florida. So not looking forward to that one. <laughs> no, not looking forward to that one it, at all. And I, I feel like Florida State's a better team. Honestly, I really think they are. I'm not sold on Napier and, and thinking he can get the job done at Florida. I just, I don't know. I just have weird vibes around this game. This is one of like three or four games where I went back and forth a couple times before we went live. And I just, End up going, end up going to loss. I just, I don't trust it. I, I want to note on here too, Florida State. Oh God, Florida State should have beat UF last year. I yes. mean, you got an interim coach. Seems like Florida State's in a groove there. The, I noticed a lot of just, I don't know. Norvell's still building this team. I just saw a lot of immaturity guys with silly penalties. He also had Jordan Travis hurt in the friggin' first quarter, not the first drive. Like put in a really weird situation but florida state still should have won that game man i mean you you brought in mckenzie Mellon, yes you know that wasn't exactly what you thought was going in the product that you were going to have but i mean you still got quarterbacks behind like you you just still can't lose that game um i don't know this one's this one's weird to me it's a little bit different i feel more confident than the miami game with this it's at home too, which I think is a nice advantage for Florida State. Uh, I got I got Florida State winning this game. Um, Anthony Richardson is Anthony Richardson. I want to see more from him. I think there's some inconsistencies there, but maybe since there's, he's there's a, a true QB, one a lot of hype behind Anthony Richardson right now. There's a lot of first round talk behind him that we haven't seen. Yeah, he's had some good camp highlights, but he hasn't well, showed any game. Do you do you guys remember the mock drafts for Emory Jones last year? You got a point. So, <laughs> but like at least Richardson has a size. You know, it's six five. What is he? Like two thirty? Like, he's a big quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's got no, a he's cannon. A he's just he's got a cannon of an arm, just not that accurate. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. 
Anthony Anthony Richardson is right there. I, I this one's so later in the season too, but yeah, I, I've got a win for Florida State at home. A lot of this stuff can change, like we said, but I do think that Florida State has the advantage here. I'm not. I think it's going to take a little while for Billy to get down there and rebuild things. So uh, I've got a win for Florida State to finish off the regular season against the Gators. This would be uh, Mike Norvell's first win against UF. Yeah, hopefully, I'm, hopefully I'm wrong and we can just start calling Billy Napier Billy Taggart. That would be my favorite thing. <laughs> that we could do. Oh my! I agree with what you were saying, though, Logan. Florida State—they got a bad draw last year with Jordan Travis messing up his throwing shoulder on, I think, the the third or fourth play of the game, the very first offensive drive, and then Mackenzie Milton and Tate Rodemaker, whenever they were inserted in there for those drives that they had, it, it did not go in Florida State's favor. Yeah, you had some penalties, like you mentioned, some deep passes that some defenders like get behind them. Uh, there was the muffed punt yeah. late. And I think that was in the fourth quarter, too. A lot of Crucial. mistakes. Yeah, a lot of mistakes in Florida State still. They only lost that game 24 to 21. I mean, they were right there at the end with a chance to uh, win that football game. It just came up short. We, you know, remember the onside kick that did not get kicked, but. <laughs> This is a program that's a lot different. You know, we'll see what Napier is able to do. Anthony Richardson going to be taking over the starting reins completely with Emory Jones moving on. But Florida top three rushers are gone. Their top receiver is gone. There's been a lot of roster turnover. So going to be interesting, uh, especially early on, first four or five games of the season, how that new group kind of comes together and meshes and plays under Napier. So I have this one as a top a toss-up. But right now I'm going with a, a Florida State win, which – Shit gets me to seven and five. Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went one above than I thought I was. And they, these are all raw like predictions, man. Cause I, I took my notes down and stuff, but I kind of wanted to just go raw off of it. So I've got eight and four. Jesus. I'm gonna got eight I and four. I, I think I do. One, two, I have seven and five. Four, five, six, seven. I have seven and five. I wanted one, six and two, six. Three. Can I flip one of these? Yeah, four. No, 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 no. Can't change them now. Can't change them now. We're, we're set in stone, baby. Uh, real quick, uh, got the record. We got the record predictions, and everybody put in your record predictions in the chat before we get off here. Also, hit the like button so Jordan Travis stays fully healthy throughout the season. Just for good luck. Just for good juju. That's good for it's good juju. I'm just saying, if we get to 100 likes, man, you're looking at a high. Last time he had a good juju was in Pittsburgh, and he ended up being bad juju very quick. <laughs> Okay, we did not need to go that part because I'll just bounce back and say George Pickett, rookie of the year, calling it now. Um, sorry, Juju, but we got better Juju now. <laughs> um, eight, eight and four. Let's jump over to offensive, defensive players of the year predictions here, and then freshman of the year. Who stands out the most? Uh, who wants to go first for offense? Who do you think stands out the most? This upcoming upcoming season for Florida State. And you guys can put it in the chat too. We're all as a family here. Let's start throwing in our predictions. Who's offensive player of the year for Florida State in 2022? For who was it last State. year? Wait, who was it last year? JT. <laughs> was it Corbin or JT? I don't, I don't know. You watch the you cover this team. Do you? Yeah, I think it's either <laughs> Jordan Travis or Deshaun Corbin. You're thinking, or, or you know, I don't know who won it last year. 
Let's see if I can find it real quick while y'all talk. Who was it? But yeah, who who's this year's offensive player of the year? Well, this year I would go, and that's barring health or at least being healthy for the majority of the season. I'm going to go with Jordan Travis, and you know it's the easiest pick. What are you going to say, Austin? It was Jordan Travis. It's yeah. So Jordan Travis for a back-to-back year. It's kind of the easiest pick. You can go with. Uh, we all know what Travis does with his legs, and then you know, like we've said since the spring or even before, the the improvements that Travis has made as a passer. Just when it comes to being more comfortable in the pocket, going through his progressions, um, not not scrambling when the first option isn't there. He's made a lot of improvement over the last year. We saw it late in the 2021 campaign. And like I said, as long as he can stay healthy, I'm really excited to see what he does this fall. Feels like Travis is primed for a breakout season. I feel like if it's not Jordan Travis, something went horribly wrong. Yep. So for – Lack of a better pick, I'm going Jordan Travis. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a definitely a good pick here. I'm going to get out of that area. I'm going to – I think I'm going to get out of that area. Oh, he's going with the 1,001 odds here. Oh, I'm going wild. Trey Benson, wow. Woo! No, 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 no. He's got, Who he's was my going, favorite in the no. spring? Who was my favorite in the spring, baby? No. Yep. Oh, I, I, am, I knew exactly I am going to do it. I am going to do it. And at this it's point – be crazy. Just pick Robert Scott at this point. <laughs> Robert Scott. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. I gotta be crazy because the show it can't just be the same thing. It'd be boring, you know. Everybody pick their offensive favorite or a favorite to be the MVP. I'm gonna go Johnny Wilson. I knew it. I think he's gonna score a lot of touchdowns for Florida State this upcoming season. Um, I don't know if that's gonna overplay JT because he's gonna be the one throwing it to him. But I think Johnny Wilson is gonna be your offensive MVP if I had to give it to someone outside of JT. I, I just love what I've seen so far. I just want to see, see consistency in games, but he's he's a threat that almost nobody uh, nobody can cover at, at some points unless you're going to put a six three six four DB on him. You, know, you don't see a lot of those nowadays. And it's going to be hard to cover him. So I, I got Johnny Wilson, D, nasty red zone threat, but I've seen more out of him and and different different ways and practices that feel, I feel good about him. I just think the receivers are going to rotate too much for it to be a receiver. What about I get, he? I get, I get you out of that rotation. Yeah. What about if he's the best receiver out there? Yeah, but if he ends up having seven hundred yards, like, and I feel like that's even being. What about better. multiple? What about if multiple receivers have? Dustin, are you? Weren't you if, predicting if, that if multiple, multiple receivers, receivers are going to have? If multiple receivers two, have two receivers yards. with more than six hundred yards. If multiple have more than 600, how would one be an MVP if they both have statistical similar seasons? Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. And I, Maybe I'm saying it because I loved Greg Carr back in the day, but I think he's just a different kind of specimen than Carr, than Carr was. Uh, all right, defensive player of the year. Who's going to be Florida State's defensive player of the year? So last year was season? obviously Jermaine Johnson. Just got out of the way. Um, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm between two. Okay. Um I'm between Tatum Bethune and who I'm actually going to pick is last year's Bobby Batten Leadership Award winner, Fabian Lovett. I feel like that's a bold pick, but I feel like he's going to have, I feel like he's going to have a huge difference coming up the middle. Jamie Robinson's going to be another likely choice as well, but I I feel like, you know, linebacker is going to get more stats 
and I feel like Love, Love is going to have a huge, huge impact on this team, not just leadership like he did last year, but he's going to step up his play on the field this year. I like those picks. I don't think your Love at one's bold, to be honest to me. I feel like I feel like if someone was to release Florida State defensive MVP betting odds, he'd be like fourth, third or fourth. So not too crazy bold. You're in there. You're in he there. was he was on my list, as was uh, Bethune, and I'm I'm personally going to go with Tatum Bethune because I really do like what that defensive line is going to be able to do, especially when you look at Fabian Lovett and Robert Cooper as space eaters and guys who are able to create penetration on the interior of offensive lines. It's going to give Bethune and Deloach and some of those other linebackers a lot of room to work there in between the tackles to go in and make plays. And you're bringing a guy in from UCF who's worked under Randy Shannon before, had a career year last year, triple-digit tackles at UCF. And um, head coach Mike Norvell, he said it after both scrimmages that Tatum Bethune is a guy that has shown up for Florida State. And we've seen it throughout practices. He's always he ends up around the ball, getting these fumble recoveries, making some tackles for loss, sags, maybe a little quiet at times. But when the lights turn on, he's ready to go. And I think he's going to bring a big impact on that defense. Yep. UCF transfer can get everywhere, man. He can grab tackles too. So I I I see a lot of Kalen Deloach comments in here, and he's the guy that broke out last year. Um but that's one that I I've had on my list, and I'm like, oh man, could this would be like a major Major jump for Kalen because I think he's just really smart mind and he knows where to be. Uh, and that's what Coach Randy Shannon is really excited for this upcoming season with him. Uh, I'm going to keep it on the bold side of things, I feel like, and get outside of it. But I'm going to go with another favorite. And I'm going off of what I've seen in the spring, what I've seen in fall camp. And that's all I need to see is Jared Verse. I think Jared Verse is going to be Florida Ooh. State's top player out of the defense. A first-year player. One. A lot of crazy things here. I'm going off of first-year players, which – you think about it last year, it was Jermaine Johnson. And that was a first-year player. Last year, you had Jordan Travis, I guess. But at least defensively, there's one out of two. So maybe my chances are 50-50 here that I might be able to grab another one. But I like Jared Verse. He's really came in. And he's also taking a leadership role. But like he said to us in an interview during fall camp, when the lights are on and he's in Doak Campbell Stadium, he hits a different gear. And that's scary to think of when what what, what we've watched in fall camp and, spr- and spring camp. I mean, he's been ultra impressive. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm telling my dad, like, I, I can keep telling you after practice he's had sacks. He's blowing up the offensive line. He's chippy. You know, he's talking trash and whatnot. But it's at the point now where I'm excited for everybody to see it on the field. So I'm going to go Jared first. Get ready. I know it's only Duquesne, but when the when he's inside Doak, it's a different notch. So I'm, I'm getting a little bold here with some of these. There's a lot of good options on defense. Like you can go so many different directions. I mean, we I didn't know it's crazy. Mention, we're not even saying Jamie. Yeah, we we didn't say Jamie. We didn't even mention Nakeem Dent, who we're all really high on going into the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, people. You just mentioned Kalen Deloach that the comments are saying. Um, I yeah. feel like a Marion Cooper is going to have a really good season. There's a lot of a lot of good defenders that you could call out. Yeah, what do y'all think going into this season real quick? Offense, defense, what's carry what's carrying this team? Defense, not like not yeah. even close. I, I think there's the granted last year we kind of said the same thing and it kind of took a while for it to catch up. Um I just think the defense has so much more talent. Hopefully Fuller can get these guys right. Yeah, I think if the season is gonna go well, then it's definitely gotta be the defensive side of the ball. When you look at these opponents and how much experience a lot of them are bringing back on offense, so many 
so many quarterbacks from a season ago or even longer coming back on FSU's schedule. Yeah, that defense is looking really good. Um, and it's heavy, heavy stack with talent and depth, something that Mike Norvell and the whole enc- entire coaching staff has been really excited for since going through spring and now fall camp with a lot more bodies in the trenches too. Uh, real quick to finish it off, freshman of the year. Who's going to be freshman of the year? We didn't – I don't think we really did this last year, but thought I'd jump in and do this because there's been some guys impressing in fall camp, some guys getting burned with the ones like we talked about with Kaniya Charlton, Jolene Armella. Also been able to see some big time flashes from Azray Thomas, Sam McCall, Amar Graham Jr. A lot, so, a lot, a lot of freshmen. Just to know, they, yeah. they did a they did an offensive newcomer of the year last year, and then a defensive freshman. So they kind of split it up last year. They got it for McLean on offense, and then they split it between Knowles and Cooper on defense. Just just a note. Was Cooper say that again? Sorry, Cooper and Knowles. Cooper and Knowles. Okay. Two DBs. Two DBs. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going with another DB in Thomas. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I like it. Uh, I mean, with what we've seen so far, I think I'm going to go with Thomas as well. Definitely been the standout true freshman in fall camp. But, I mean, depending on how the season progresses and, you know, with injuries and things like that, I think maybe Julian Armella. Even to me, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but someone that I've been impressed with throughout camp is Brian Courtney. Maybe a dark horse to emerge in a tight end room that needs someone to step up throughout the fall. And then, like I said about injuries, maybe A.J. Duffy. Fred, yeah. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just to throw a couple names out there. We want to stay positive. But I'm going with with A.Z. for sure. Gotcha. If all the likes on YouTube keep going up, then Jordan Travis, we won't see a lot of AJ Duffy this upcoming season. See Jordan Travis out there healthy. Fred's on here asking, do redshirt freshmen count? If so, Pat Payton is my freshman of the year. Does it? Knowles was a redshirt freshman last year, right? No. Is he true? True. He's true. Okay. We are not counting redshirt freshmen. I do. Hey, I do like me some Pat Payton now. I do like some Pat Payton now. If we're going to do some redshirt freshmen, you know what I'm saying? I do like me some Pat Payton, who you know did what he needed to do in the spring, and then this fall camp has has looked good. Uh, True freshman wise, you know, if I can go redshirt freshman, that would be Pat Payton. But true freshman wise, and I think to be honest, he's going to get burned this upcoming season. It's going to be Julian Armella. I do think so. I've seen a lot of good signs from him. He's still learning, still not going to be, you know, he's not a true starter day one. He's not going to be out there uh, in week zero starting. Um, but if someone were to go down, he, he's going to come in and I think do a really decent job. And that's really big coming out of a true freshman that is playing at the tackle position. He showed up in phenomenal shape. He listens well. He's, he's coached easily. He's becoming a leader in that freshman room. And to be honest, you know, seeing him go in battle against Jared Verse and Derek McLendon, Pat Payton every day, it's just making him better and better and better. For that to be a true freshman, I like it. So I think he's going to get some burn in case some guys go down this upcoming season. Hope not. Hope that doesn't happen. But I'm relying on him getting some playing time. So we'll see. No comment. It's tough on offense because, you know, Unless AJ Duffy unexpectedly plays, there's no skill position guys that are freshmen. You know, I don't forget about Rodney. 
Whoa. What about Drell Powers? Is that Brian Courtney? We know a receiver. Okay, course. Well, I was going to say Travis. Oh, my God. That's messed that's up. That's tough. That is messed up. You already did it once today. Twice. You yeah, twice. I'm, I'm close to canceled. So, yeah. If I, I'm surprised I haven't been yet, but uh, that probably did it for me. I think that wraps it up, gentlemen. Any last thoughts on your record prediction? You think y'all did good? <clears throat> Feel pretty secure heading into this season? I wanted to go with six and six. I somehow got to. Seven and five. Um, well, if it makes you feel better, I made up for it. I wanted to do eight and four and got to seven and five. So I don't know why you wanted to get to eight and four. Just because, regardless, know, I like being wrong sometimes. It's fine. I do yeah. think it's noteworthy. We all have Florida State returning to the postseason, but we all had Florida State returning to the postseason each of the last two years. At this point, we're, we're, we're <laughs> at this point we're, we're checking in once again. Our, I mean, either we are stupid as all get out, which we probably m- might be, but oh, we, we definitely are falling are. for it. We're falling for it again, kind of. But are we falling for? It? I, I just mean, feel this like is it's... the first time. This is to be honest, though. Let's let's put this in perspective. This is our first time of us being through a full fall camp where we're involved. We're there. We see the practices. I was there all through spring camp. It's translated into a really good fall camp so far, injury-related, kind of up and down, but still, you're still bringing in your primary group. Feel good. And Feel I, f- good. I feel like if you the, the the most important part is getting through those first six games. If you can get through those first six games, three and three, I feel like you feel pretty good the rest of the way. It's going to be a wild ride. I have a feeling we're in for something interesting this season. I'm hoping a good one too. I mean, an eight and an eight and four season would be really fun to come on here and chat with you guys, do an instant reaction and such. It would be nice. Boom. Florida state takes on LSU. Cause we better do that instant reaction quick off the side of the road. Cause we are going to party in new Orleans. I will and not I, be. I have a 9am flight the next day. Well, that is your fault. That is your that, fault. That was my only option. Literally. That was my only option. It was either that or 6am. So. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm up, I'm up for anything uh, over Six six and up is is what I'm good with. Just just get to a bowl game. Get us back like, in the postseason. A couple more weeks of coverage. Always <laughs> helps out the the website. I was about to say that Dustin's meaning he just needs more clicks through December. I need more money. And I f- I feel like it's safe to say if Norville doesn't get to six six wins, you know he's going to be. If he's not out, he'll be on the hottest seat. He's going to be hot. The country. I guess yeah. he's going to be burning. Yeah, it is going to be, be hot. Jeff Collins seat. Yikes. That one's really hot. But yeah, I think that practically wraps up the entire show for our 2022 season preview and record predictions. It's in the bank now. We'll go back and look at this and laugh at it probably in January, but or maybe we'll laugh at it at the end of November. We hope not. We hope not. Optimism is key here. So uh, Florida State We'll kick off the season next weekend on Saturday, which still is amazing to me that we've already made it this far. But uh, we will go live next Wednesday. Our schedule is set now. We're no longer changing days all around. We will be set on Wednesday nights this year. We used to do Thursday nights. We're going to move them to Wednesdays, so then it will give you time for all of you to go in and watch or listen for whatever ways that you go in and listen to the podcast or on YouTube, whichever way it's going to give y'all an extra full day to listen and get our coverage from 
game weeks. So I feel like that's a lot better than y'all hoping to get all your info in on Fridays. So Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Easter time. Definitely appreciate everybody coming on here and hanging out with us. Hopefully uh, everybody enjoys the rest of y'all's week. As always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, and I know a lot of y'all, over 100 people are still on here. We're at 75 likes. Bump it up. Keep on hitting that like button. We would definitely appreciate it if you've made it this far. Smack that. It helps get out to a lot more FSU fans. And so uh, it's been a really fun offseason. Next week, we will preview Florida State versus Duquesne in week zero. We're getting close, gentlemen. We are getting close. So It's crazy. It's blowing by, but I'm I'm at the point. I'm kind of like the players now. I'm ready to see a different. Ready to hit somebody. I'm ready to hit somebody. It might be you, Dustin, tomorrow morning. I don't know. Well, I'll but keep yeah. my head on a swivel. <laughs> I'll see you out there, nice and early. Yep. See you bright and early. All right, guys. Everybody enjoy the rest of y'all's week. We will see you guys next Wednesday night at 8 p.m. for Florida State versus Duquesne.